Super House listeners, meet Pennywise. Pennywise, meet Super House listeners. See, now we're not strangers anymore. Welcome to Super House Podcast, episode A7. This is Maddie, and I'm joined by... Andrew. Oh, wait. Stefan. And uh, on this episode, we will be doing our It review. Um, we'll also be t- doing a little bit on Lynn Wine, RIP. <clears throat> and then, as normal, we're going to get into some geek news shit. <laughs> yeah, geek news shit. Take it away, Maddie, with the Maddie format. Oh. Right, sorry, I had to get a swig of beer real quick. No problem. All right, uh, here we go. Welcome, listeners. Today we will be reviewing It, directed by Andy Muschietti. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I suck at stuff like that. Based on the novel by Stephen King, starring Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise and The Losers Club. I'm not saying all those children's names because there's a lot of them. <laughs> all right. So uh, first question is, guys, uh, what is your knowledge of It? Stephen King's It. Have you read the novel? Did you see the 90s TV miniseries? Did you do some research before you watched this new version? All right, I'll start with Andrew. Uh, I haven't seen any of them except for the re- most recent one. Um, that was two VHSs, and it was a clown movie, so I always skip that at, at movie gallery and blockbuster. <laughs> um, never read the book either. And we're just going over our knowledge beforehand, right? Right now? Yeah, yeah, just anything you knew okay. going into this film more. I knew the or least not. of everybody, I, I imagine, uh, So uh, out of everybody at this podcast. So anyway, okay, that's it for me, I guess, for now. All right, cool. Joey? Uh, I saw the um, uh, TV movie when I was a kid. Um, I am listening to the audiobook now. I'm, I'm a little, about more than halfway through now. Um, and I've seen the recent film. Um, my dad would read Stephen King books. And so I think we definitely rented the TV movie back when, like, I think it had been out for a little bit, but like, we didn't see it air live or anything. But you know, we had rented it when it came out. It was just like two VHSs, a four-hour film, so long. Yeah, but, so uh, long. Yeah. <laughs> Seven. Um, yeah, I've watched the television miniseries long, long time ago, so I only remember so much of it. I remember I liked the first half a lot with the kids. Um, and loved Tim Curry's. I, I think I have a thing. We'll get into this later, but I think I, I'm into like creepy clown shit now. <laughs> like, I've just been thinking the gamut of it, of, of all these different movies that have like creepy clowns. But anyway, um, um, but yeah, so that's pretty much my familiarity with it. I knew it was a Stephen King book, but I guess I haven't really had the most intense urge to read the book until watching this most recent movie. Cool. Um, for me, seen the tv miniseries loved it loved the kids part always did didn't care for the adult stuff i was just like how can they be afraid of a clown this is bullshit whatever uh currently reading the novel like 400 pages in it's a massive undertaking i think joey what was the runtime on the audiobook uh like 42 to 44 hours ridiculous it's so big um yeah uh uh uh, so that's it and i was just tried to stay away from seeing as much as i possibly could about this movie Uh, i remember seeing some like like some concept of some far away photos people were taking when they were filming in canada or whatever and i was trying to just steer clear and just see like the teaser and then that the final trailer that they released 
Um, but that's that's my knowledge going into this. All right, so we're going to get into overall general reactions. Andrew, what did you think of this movie? You know, I, I liked it. I have nothing, like I said before, I can't compare it to any to, to the other ones, but um, I'll get into this a little bit more later, but uh, it kind of feels like pop horror. That's, I just kept thinking of the word pop horror. Like, it's made, it's a scary movie that's just made to be fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't feel super evil or, I, I don't know what it was, but that's, yeah, that's my general impression. I liked it. Joey? Uh, I liked it a lot. <clears throat> I thought that, you know, having that R rating really helped um, just kind of create the sort of, I guess, evil of the film. Uh, you know, the, the, all the, the language, uh, 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 Henry being this like sociopath, psychopath, like bully, um, you know, kind of get us back to that, like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of raw. They're kids, you know, they, they curse and there's shit going on and there's bad people plus you have like pennywise um you know who who is very um you know sort of evil looking in a way but also sort of inviting uh for people and so i think the r rating helped and i i enjoyed the film quite a bit stefan <laughs> <laughs> said that like you're expecting a certain type of i mean answer. i don't know <laughs> Um, I don't know I, with you anymore. I feel like there's things I'm like, Stefan will enjoy this. And you're like, I, li <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. I had a lot of fun. Didn't like blow me away or anything, but it also didn't let me down. Uh, I hear that. I can, I can echo those feelings. Yeah. All right. I liked it. I mean, how could I not? I mean, I think you guys were like, Maddie's going to like this hands down. He's going to enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I did have some small gripes with things and it was mostly to do with like CG and, it, some stuff I was like, mm, really? I'm sure that actor could have pulled that off without this bullshit. So there's a little bit of that that I was just like, God damn, every one of these big budget horror movies has these stupid CG stuff that like I've seen done a million times with just fucking practical effects. Made me a little mad. One scene we'll get into took me out of it for a hot minute. And I was like, Jesus, come on, really? This is the scene. Like people have been waiting for this moment. Like this is what people are excited about on the internet when they were talking about redoing this so but we'll get into that but i enjoyed it it's good i liked it i as soon as they said they were gonna re like when um the carrie whatever his name totally forgot uh did, yeah he did the he shot the first season of true detective because mm -hmm. he was attached to direct this and he wrote it and he wrote in his he's got a writing credit on the script that we of the current of the film we just saw and i think like he wanted like an nc-17 uh oh rating. my god like he was just like the script was like super like just like everything and like they're like ah oh, dude come on there's no way and he's like ah don't want to do it then so uh sewer, sewer kid sex but yeah i mean like well i mean <laughs> you can't do that i mean i guess we can have incest now on television so i mean why can't kids have sex i don't know i don't need to see that i'm, I'm kind of getting nervous reading the book getting to that part in the story just because like i hear i just want it's gonna be interesting to read that Joey, have you gotten that far in the? Uh, are we talking about I somebody in their in their parent? No, we're talking the the kids. There's the there's a kids sex scene. All it's a big orgy, and what? apparently, yeah, apparently, yeah. that's the scene where uh, I, I assume I don't know because I haven't read this far in the book and it's not in the miniseries. But I think for Beth to get out of her situation, 
she kind of has to have sex with all the guys in the losers okay. club, which I don't like, I've not read it. So I don't know the context of said 16. I don't even like, I'm sure I'll probably read and go, well, you didn't need that shit. That could have saved me like five pages, <laughs> you know, but, um, whatever, oh, but yeah. Okay. So I feel like I remember <laughs> yeah. hearing that a while back before I'd really, all I had seen was the, uh, mini series and I kind of just blocked it out because I was like sure whatever I know it kind of it, it does kind of go like there's some out of left field stuff towards the end I guess but we'll yeah. see we'll find out yeah. the context yeah um, so after our general reactions here okay I just wanted to talk about the main cast they're called the losers club um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to know uh, start with Andrew what were your favorite actor actors slash characters did you like or hate out of the losers club. So like the main group of kids, was there just one you were like, love that kid. Can't wait to see what he does for the rest of the movie. Or was there one you're just like, fuck dude, come on. Like less of him. Um, I, I think I liked pretty much all of them. I probably, my favorite was a stranger things kid. Uh, Richie. Richie. Richie's as a name. I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be honest. It's I don't fine. remember their names at all, but, oh, oh. uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, they, I mean, I liked his lines. He, I liked how he was like always saying those jokes, and I also liked the fact that he, they showed that his jokes didn't land, and he's kept like they, they, um, they were kind of tired of his humor too. But at the same time, sometimes his jokes landed, and um, I appreciated that humor quite a lot. Uh, I liked how the kids really. Uh, it almost kind of felt like they talked a little bit above their age, but then again, I was kind of a sheltered kid. So maybe these kids are are actually talking their age. So I don't know. But even if they were talk, talking above their age, I don't I don't care. It was still good writing. I felt. Um, yeah, no kid that I really disliked. Uh, I do wish that the fat kid would have ended up with the chick. But of course, what's real life is that it would be the other the other dude. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I guess. I guess that's it. I I did think that the uh, germaphobe kid, he was his face was just super expressive. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> Agreed. Oh my, like <laughs> this kid needs to keep on acting and hopefully yeah. not get fucked over uh, mentally. You know what I mean? Um, because man, he he could really deliver a performance. Uh, and that's my general thoughts so far. Joey. I thought the kids did a fucking great job, man. Um, you know, sort of based off the mini series and the the book, I I maybe wanted to hear one or two more voices from Richie. Agreed. Yeah, because he kind of does all these like crazy voices. A lot of them are very racist. So let's not do that. <laughs> not do, let's not do those. But like just in just in general, like throw out some like him doing crazy voices, like like because you know because this takes place in the eighties instead of in the fifties. And so, you know, you could throw in some a sort of 80s pop culture icons, like a Mr. T or, you know, something like that. Um, I, uh, I, yeah, I thought they were all pretty, pretty well done. Um, you know, I liked that, uh, you know, Bill had his bike and I thought, uh, I thought, oh, poor Georgie, man. Jesus, that kid, that kid had me almost like <laughs> I'd be almost balling at the end, man. I was like, this kid's a good actor, man. He's killing it. I was going to, I just have a little note down here at the end. Once we get through this, uh, 
before we get into Pennywise, I just wanted to give a shout out to Georgie because I was like, damn, this kid had nothing to work with, basically. Like, he's not even in it that much. And I was like, damn, this kid's fucking selling it every scene. Is that the fat kid? No, no he's the little the brother. brother. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man. Right, uh, um, yeah, yeah. And okay. I, uh, I thought, uh, uh, yeah, speaking of Ben, uh, I thought Ben was cool. Like, I, you know, him, like, hanging out in the library. And um, anyway, yeah, I thought they were great. Cool. All right, Stefan. Um, I, yeah, I guess I, I liked all of them. I thought they were pretty good. Uh, Richie being... I liked his lines and stuff, but sometimes he's boring on, all right, dude, like you're, now you're getting annoying. Um, but that kid's good and they did a good job and he had a lot of laughs. Um, I felt like Michael's character was a little bit unnecessary in, in terms of things, but uh, I don't know. He was the only black character. So it's like, you know, I don't know. I guess they could have done one of the other him. characters yeah. and simplified because he kind of just was on the periphery of the whole thing. But I haven't read the book, so I'm not sure how important that character is. Um, outside of this particular film, um, I really liked uh, the what was her name Beverly and mm-hmm. what was the main kid's name? I forgot his name. Uh, uh, Bill. 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 That's right. The, um, I liked them both a lot. And then the kid who broke his arm, forgot mm-hmm. his name as well. Danny. He he's fucking fantastic. I had that same thought too. Like this kid is awesome. He's gonna be like he's a, just a good actor. This little kid, he has like a yes, yes, really good understanding of his own performance, and he was yes. acting circles around some of those kids. The yep. one, uh, the one kid who's getting ready for his bar mitzvah, he, or, mm-hmm. uh, he, he, he was a little bit unnecessary as well. You know, again, I'm not familiar with the book or how important that they are in the second chapter or the second half of this story, but mm-hmm. seemed unnecessary because you had like a, a good bunch of kids. I liked the little fat kid. He was great, really great character. And especially since you're getting a lot of mileage out of your expository character, basically the guy just telling everybody the rules, you know, um, the bullies were good. I like how they played them really intense and he was actually oh, like yeah. cutting Sorry, go we're ahead. getting we're getting to the Bowers. We're get we'll get to them. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I liked I liked how they played it really intense, uh, with those guys. And who else? Uh, am I missing any of the kids? I don't think so. They had some really good moments. I love the casting, the loser lover thing. Anyway, I think yeah. I answered that one. <laughs> yeah, I think you mentioned just just to uh, go back to Mike. I I do wish that Mike had more of a of a role. Um. I know he yeah. he kind of it kind of will come later but you know just um at least in this film like had some i don't know something else to do for like a yeah. scene to kind of give his character more uh Definitely. i don't know yeah cool yeah um for me i like i like them all like i kind of agree with stan and mike with you guys uh i think my love for like mike is there's a really cool part in the book where his pennywise story is like really cool but Obviously, for time constraints and, you know, budgetary reasons, you can't shoot a giant fucking bird chasing a kid. Would have been fucking cool to see, but (laughs) you can't do it. So, um, you know, um, love Bill. I thought it was great. I was kind of I was rewatching the 90s one and I definitely felt Bill uh, in this version stuttered a lot more, which was great. And he was a lot better at it. Uh Um, uh, Ben, love him. I I love Ben because he looks so much younger than the rest of them. But he was like, um, but I just liked that he looked that much younger, but still hung with him. Because uh, I was like, damn, that kid looks young. He looks like he's like 11 or something, where the rest of these kids are like 13. 
but I really liked him as well. I liked his little book nerd. I really wish they would have done the whole thing where like, because it's to set up Ben as what Ben becomes as an adult, um, which I kind of missed because there's a whole fucking like, there's gotta be like at least 30, 40 pages of them building this fucking dam in the fucking uh, book. And uh, I was like, they, they didn't even do it once in the movie. It's like, come on, man. Like it's mm. a big pivotal moment of how some of these guys come together and they do kind of do it. Like when Ben is like being bullied and kicks him and then does the, uh, does the backflip over the fence and run and they're in the Barrens or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's mm -hmm. like the scene in the book and in the TV miniseries. So great. It's like all these people coming to get like, I don't know. I wish they would have kept that, but I understand they wanted to get more into probably some stuff that, you know, like uh, the leper character and stuff. So there was other stuff that they did that wasn't in the, the TV movie. So that was cool. Uh, I thought Bev uh, was great. I thought she was like, every time she was on screen, I was like, damn, I just want to see what this girl's got to bring. Uh, I thought uh, the acting for her part where she's in the scene where um, the blood, the hair grabs her and the blood shoots out of the fucking sink. Yeah. That mm -hmm. scene where she's like crying and her reaction. I was just like, geez, these kids can fucking act, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that that was great seeing like because usually sometimes when you cast kids it's like hit or miss most of the time. Like in the TV movie, I feel like a lot of them are not really strong actors. So uh, <laughs> uh, Richie, I will go with Joey on this. Uh, I love that they got one of the kids from Stranger Things. I heard I've read some reviews where people were like, "Oh, this kind of reminds me of Stranger Things," and I was like, "Well, Stranger Things took from Stephen King and the yeah. TV. I don't really yep, get yep, that." Yep. But, um, so I was kind of nervous when they cast him because like I'm used to him being that character in Stranger Things. I was like, can he be Richie? And my only complaint is I want more voices, man. Like he's, they're all over the TV miniseries. He's doing them all the time in the book. Book which the movie takes place in like what the 50s, and this is in 1988. Mm -hmm. So you know I get that he wouldn't have like his racist character, which is good. Let's just leave that out. Yeah, no need for that. Um, you know, I know he does do the Irish cop like a little bit, but I really wish they would have emphasized like when he would do these voices. I feel like they're kind of lost under the other dialogue. Like he'll just be in the back, like saying something. Uh, but I feel like that's a big thing, especially depending on like the route they take him as an adult. Like, I feel like they should emphasize that a little more. Um, Stan, I don't know, man. <laughs> Stan is just uh, he's there. He's there. I mean, I think he gets some good licks in towards the end. Um, I definitely thought his uh, his like Pennywise scare was pretty cool, so I'm glad I got to see that. Um, Mike, uh, just going through him. Uh, like I said with Mike, I wish they would have done his like original Pennywise scare, but I did love that fucking meat locker scene though. Uh, I thought it was pretty dope. Um, and yep. then we got Eddie. This kid needs to win a fucking award because like, <laughs> every time he was on screen, I was like, this dude is acting circles around like the other kids that's expressive face kid yeah expressive yeah, yeah. i thought like yeah. he i would just thought he was fucking amazing dude yes yes you know i love uh, when he does that little final stand against his mom towards the before he goes out for their final battle uh, i love that scene i love any reaction shot to anything i loved a lot of his like uh you know when he's like you guys are standing in gray water you know <laughs> what that is like all his like information about like you know like things that can kill you like when they're like walking by, he's like, did you know you could get AIDS off this and this? And I was like, this gets great. I actually thought he was more funny than Richie, but I do think Richie had some moments, but generally really liked the Losers Club. I thought it was good. I thought they picked some really good actors. Um, but okay, all right, on to the next part. All right, what's your favorite movie? Well, go ahead. Just real quick. Uh, 
with the movie and this movie and the TV series, as far as the kids go, you could definitely uh, watch them both to get a better aspect of like them as characters from the book. You know, yeah. there's some, mm-hmm. you know, the TV series has some things that's not in the movie, but mm-hmm. most, a lot of them are still taken from the book. Anyway. Yeah. I really like just getting back onto that real quick. I definitely think like watching these movies, like if you're really into like what you just saw in the theater, going back and watching the, the nineties miniseries is really going to give you uh, a really good idea of the book. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like Joe was saying it hits like things that they didn't hit on in this first chapter of the, uh, the it movie, um, you know, you will get in the other version of uh, the miniseries. Cause it basically the miniseries is like note for note as best it can be the book, you know? So, you know, if you're definitely wanting more it and you haven't seen that one, it's definitely worth a watch. Very dated though. Glad they're doing this remake. Uh, um, and then the next part is I have favorite moment with the losers. This does not include, we're not talking about Pennywise right now, you know, so just kind of keep your favorite scare Pennywise scare moments out of it. Uh, just like just a little moment they had together as a group. Like, you know, like if when they're in the jumping into the lake from the cliff, that's kind of stuff. So Andrew. Favorite losers moment. Well, um, I, I actually came into this movie, not even knowing it was going to be like, about these kids <laughs> i didn't know fucking anything about this fucking movie so you i was so ex- pennywise talk. yeah i didn't even know pennywise fucking talked but in that first scene i was like holy shit he talks um so <clears throat> anyway back to your question um i would say probably the fucking uh lake jumping scene when they're all in their underwear that uh, there was something so i don't know i just thought that was a really good scene and then the you know they see bev and they're all like fixated on bev and uh it just felt kind of real and summery and you know i think there's a lot of like romanticism surrounding summer in america and it kind of captured some of that feel even though it's in a like a horror movie um so yeah i would say i would say that scene probably was my favorite joey for me to to, I'm trying to think of like scenes that does that don't involve Pennywise. I think the, um, I mean maybe this isn't a scene for all of them together, but definitely the scene where they go into uh, Ben's room. Yeah, uh, and they're cool. like they're looking at all his all his like all his like uh, information that he's put together from the library about. Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. About yeah. The, the, about the you know happenings going on in the town. And then Beverly shuts because he's you know he moves a he throws a porno magazine away and some other stuff and before they all come <laughs> in, and then Bev like closes the door and it sees like the 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 new kids on the block poster and it's like yeah. does he's like, you know plays the music and does he's like little quick cuts of each of their faces of the new kids, and then he's just like mm, you know giving her this look and she's like all right so she just opens the door wide again because <laughs> he knew that they were just gonna fucking rag on him, if they saw that. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was good. a good moment, even though it was more between them two. But they all kind of come in and make their little uh, uh, quips, you know, about kind of the all the the I guess conspiracy theory that Ben has thrown all over the wall. Yeah, I, I love that. Real quick, I love that part where Richie's like, "Isn't it like Ben's like, isn't this cool?" And Richie's like, "No, no, it's not." <laughs> <laughs> <I love that. laughs> anyway, Stefan, go ahead with your. 
Um, I really, I know a montage is kind of cheating, but I really love the cleaning up the bathroom scene set to that Cure song, Six Different Ways. Mm-hmm. That shit was really just nice. I was having that was when I was having the most fun probably in the whole movie is seeing all these kids and they're cleaning up all this blood and it's like <laughs> cute, you know, somehow. And the lighting in that bathroom was great. The, everything that took place in that bathroom was pretty good. Um, but I also love the fucking cold open man with Georgie. Uh, oh, yeah. That part with Pennywise, like um, Georgie? Meet Hold on, we're gonna get we're gonna get to Pennywise. Pennywise? <laughs> I know, I know. We're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it. All right, all right. This, all right. I, I mean, got Pennywise you. is what we all want to talk about. I mean, I can't wait. Sure. To get but to this. The, I'm trying but to get I through like, the boring stuff. <laughs> okay, let me finish then. When uh, the cold open, when he when he takes the boat and then he bites his fucking arm off. Like once that arm came off, I was like, oh shit, this is like we're in for a ride. You know, it was like yes, that was a really good snag. You know. So that I, uh, between those two, I'd probably say the bathroom scene, but that shit was that stuck with me the beginning. Cool, yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to go with Andrew. Love the lake scene. I remember doing that as a kid. Um, you know, I thought that was great. I, the thing I like about Stephen King stuff is, is when he writes kids, he gets it. He gets how to write like kids doing stuff. Like uh-huh. this is why I like Stand by Me so much. Like the movie version, I haven't read the the novella or whatever it's based on, but like just like. I love that, like, you get, like, Stephen King just gets kids and, like, what kids get into. And I know, like, kind of listening to, like, the way they talk and stuff, like, I think Andrew had said something, like, I don't know if kids talk like that. And I was like, I was trying to think back, and I was like, was I really that vulgar as a kid? And I was like, depending on who I was around, I probably was. I probably talked about dicks and shit. And, you know, (laughs) just like, I mean, we do it now, so why the fuck didn't we do it back then? You know, like, we just didn't say it out loud or on a podcast, so our our parents have the opportunity to hear. We just kept that shit quiet. But, yeah, we were into all that weird little shit, and, like, I love just, like, all the kids being together. I think that's what I liked about the 90s miniseries. That's what I love about this first chapter of it. I'm very, like, super excited for the part part two just because I feel like the adult part of the miniseries is, like, the thing that lost me the most. So I'm very excited to see what that'll be. But, um trying to think i love the blood cleanup scene too um don't like i'm just gonna say i'm not gonna say what happens but fucking when they're they're doing their final like we're gonna go find them for real we're gonna figure out we're gonna put the old map of dairy on and the new map of dairy we're gonna figure out where the well house is and shit like that love them like all in that garage together mm-hmm. yeah and then the scene that happens after that fuck man well we'll get to that though but um yeah, man, I just thought all the all the loser stuff was really great. Um, definitely love. Uh, I love when they go into. Oh shit, sorry. I love when they go into the little store to get the supplies, and uh, Eddie's getting all the stuff. He's like, I don't have enough money for this. I can't charge it to my mom's account. Oh yeah, um, I yeah. love that part. And then Bev's like uh, buying tampons, and like they kind of like meet this way, and they have this really great moment. And then she comes Dude. over, she meets Ben. Thought that scene was really good. A lot of really good scenes with the Losers Club. Um, all right, before before we move on, I know Joey mentioned that, like, them going into the room. Was there any moments that you guys liked between, like, just two characters or anything like that real quick? Um, I, I guess it's my turn, right? Yeah, anyone yeah, can say but- anything. Just that We're going to leave the Losers Club, so... If so you guys one, have anything to say about them. One-on-one scenes. Um, I got to tell you, man, I, I thought the Bev and the fat kid scenes, his name is Ben. Ben, yeah. Ben. Bev and Ben scenes really got to me because, I mean, God, dude, just like like a, one of the good-looking girls that actually gives a shit about you. 
<laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, I was never a fat kid, but, like, I, I don't know. I could really, <laughs> I really, really like those scenes. Excellently acted by both characters, by both actors in the, in there. And, uh, yeah, I, I think all those, those one-on-ones and her hiding the poster and all that, wonderful. Oh, yeah. I, I love the scene where she's like, says, like, the right stuff or whatever. And then he pulls off a track list from like a song no one's heard by New Kids on the Block. Oh, yes, respond yes. to, and I was like, like no one in the audience laughed because like no one knows anything about fucking New Kids on the Block. But I giggled because I was like, I don't know that song, but I know that's a track on there, and it's so funny that that would be such a dumb thing to say, but it's such a kid thing to do. Oh yeah, you know, it's Definitely. like, oh, she likes New Kids on the Block. I guess I don't know. I don't know what to say. And then he just like, out of nowhere, he just says this random. Uh, the name of a song and it's just like oh, dude, i feel for you kid i was there once i was there once i get it but yeah uh joe did you have anything that you were like oh i wanted to say this but uh, if i was a if i was a young child i would be in love with bev marsh too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> you know you guys know my fondness for redheads but uh no, oh, yeah. no, no, we don't know nothing about that. <laughs> um, uh, for the yeah, listeners, he yeah, married the one. Yep. When they met in the yeah the drugstore, she's like buying the tampons, and there's that like bitchy girl who's like always calling her a whore, and like clearly they're probably she's probably the whore, and Bev, Bev is not. Um, but anyway, she's hiding from that girl, and like they're trying to buy the the uh, what, medicine. I think they're trying to purchase i forget but um oh yeah on their way out for ben yeah Yeah, she's trying to clean up where and she's like talking to the the the, uh pharmacist and like you know she's like i want to take his glasses on yeah it's like is this guy gonna get creepy or or what's gonna happen and then the guys like haul ass and uh uh eddie like bumps into a bunch of shit and he's like huh (laughs) hauls and runs out yeah that was so good what a creepy drugstore guy, by the way, too. Dude, audible, oh, yeah. audible, uh, what you call it? Like, ooh, in the theater whenever he said Lois Lane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was, like half the theater got, was like that. Yeah, everyone got really tensed up. You could tell. The atmosphere yeah. changed for a minute. <laughs> Stefan, did you have anything else you wanted to, like, mention about the Losers Club? Um, I mean, I could answer <laughs> that question. Uh, I like, yeah, no, I'm good. Okay, cool. I just wanted to touch back because I know a lot of stuff happened in this movie and kind of want to cover everything that we liked and didn't like and stuff like that. All right, so next part is the Bowers gang. My question is, were they necessary? And or was it just like a fan service thing? Like we got to put Henry Bowers in here because he's a big part of the book, blah, blah, blah. So, Andrew, go ahead. What did you think about the the gang of bullies? Uh, They might not have been a hundred percent necessary but i gotta say i wasn't thinking that until you just asked that um i i I wasn't watching the movie like these guys are unnecessary that i wasn't feeling that but what i was feeling was holy shit they are like are they on pcp these guys are intense yeah i know some boys are like especially boys are like insanely aggressive at young ages but like carving your initials in some fat kid Dude, it's a whole other level. I had to explain to Yuka, like, this is not normal, even in America, for bullies. Maybe this happens sometimes, but this is, like, a whole other level. Um, I mean, and one can argue that 
They needed something to be a catalyst to get Ben to meet the other losers club. You know, they needed a scene where he's running away. Um, was he, was that one kid totally necessary, like him killing his dad. And then that whole final scene with the rope and them going down the tunnel, you know, maybe they didn't need that then either, but it's, it kind of, it kind of, uh, what do you call it? Intensified it, I guess at least. And also like the eighties bully look perfect. <laughs> These guys like their, their, their look, the mullet, the, the fucking anthrax t-shirt. Yes. The, the fucking, um, like kind of tight jeans and shit. And the taller bully too. Um, that guy was lanky as shit, by the way. Um, yeah, it's like a fucking spider himself. Somebody on Reddit said that maybe his fear, his main fear was zombies because Walking Dead came out in 88 or one of the Walking Deads. I mean, not Walking <laughs> Dead, Dawn of the Dead came out in 88 or something. So maybe his fear was zombies. So that's why he saw zombies like that. Side tangent yeah. there. But anyway, um, that could have been the logic there. But uh, not 100% necessary, maybe. But at the same time, didn't hate that they were there. And um, they definitely like amped the sh- amped a few th- scenes up, I guess. You know what I mean? So yeah. Uh, for me, I definitely think that. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you know, they played the part of the, the sort of the school bully, and um, you know, definitely, you know, with the rock fight, they they sort of start facing their fears, you know, in in sort of the normal world. Um, I do. I kind of want. I, I I know that Henry's more of the vicious bully than the other guys because like you know in the book in the tv series he's like you know he gets the knife and starts cutting ben and the kids are like hey man i thought you were only kidding what are you doing you know they're, they're kind of not into they're cool with scaring the kid but not actually like carving him up um, i feel like in this in this one it, they waited a little too late and then ben kicks henry and then falls down and um and then henry having that sort of, uh, uh, you know, sort of hearing Pennywise sort of like talk in his head and then him killing his dad and then going to the well scene, I kind of feel like Henry isn't dead. I know he fell down a fucking well. I don't know what's at the bottom of that well, but I I feel like that he's still alive and maybe will come back to part two, but not that that necessarily... uh, you know, forgives the sort of maybe his, uh, like you guys have said, maybe uh, was he necessarily, was he necessary? Um, I think that he was more of just the real life villain than uh, the Pennywise, I guess, more magical, fantastical version of fear. Um, Stefan? Um, yeah, I thought, I mean, I like I like everything that Joey just said, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was they were well done. I love the scene when he kills his dad. That shit yeah. was cool. When then the TV was talking to him, stuff. I like how that oh, yeah. that supernatural force got to him, um, even though he was like Joey was saying, like an, another char- character that was like, sorry, that was my mic. Another character that was um, like a, an embodiment of fear or whatever. Uh, so it was cool to see that like there we have those people in this world, but there's also the supernatural force that will attack anybody it perceives as weak and, you know, do whatever. So it just like kind of pushed uh, Eddie over the edge. Um, I thought they were cool. Uh, 
again, I don't know the significance of them in the book, but it I think was you mean awesome. Henry. He- who? Henry? Yeah. Henry? Did Henry, I say Eddie? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yes. Henry. Henry. Um, it was cool seeing him hit the hit, go down the well or whatever. <laughs> but if he's not uh, still alive or something, like some cliffhanger kind of storytelling mechanism, um, it would be cool. It would have been cool to see like his mangled body at the bottom of the fucking well somewhere. But I guess we didn't really see the very bottom. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I was wondering. I was just watching him comparing it to like the 90s version and like what I've read in the book so far with them, I felt like they kind of were just put in there to like serve a, I guess the thing that I didn't like is that like some of the stuff that Henry does towards the end of the movie, like, you know, tackling Mike and then Mike pushing him down the well, it's like, it's almost like Henry's not going to be in the second part, which he has a big part to play in the last part of the mini series as an older Henry. And then, when they face Pennywise for the first time, like Stan ends up with them in the sewers and uh, Henry actually sees the the deadlights and his hair turns white and he goes crazy. But mm-hmm. I guess they seems like they kind of fast forward to that because they don't want to get into that in the second part of the movie version. So I was kind of like confused. I was like, well, then what was the point of even like throwing this dude in here? Like, mm-hmm. cause you could have had him like Ben just happen along the Barrens and see the kids building the dam or, you know, there's any way Ben could have met these kids. Like, why did it have to be these bullies? You know, I mean, I guess it's another Pennywise scare for the the lanky kid from Bloodline. Um, so I don't know. I just didn't really like at the like when the movie finished. I was just like, like when when uh, Henry shows up for the his last little bit. I was just like, ah, I kind of didn't need this right now. Like it, I would have just, uh, you know, I'm ready to see them all get together and fight Pennywise. I don't need this little like other obstacle, you know. So. At that point, I started started thinking like, was this something that like they're like, oh, the fans wanted to see like the Bowers gang and like all the bullying, and I guess it was you know definitely one like definitely like period films. You always have like a bully in it and stuff, you know, especially if they're the geeks or the losers of the school or whatever. So I guess it had to be in there. It's like part of that like you know whenever you see a film about like kids during certain time periods, there's always a fucking bully or some shit. So. I guess it had to be in there. I just didn't. I was just like at the end, like when that last part happened, I was like, ah, moving along. I need to see some more weird, creepy shit. <laughs> All right. And I just want to get, like we talked about earlier, but Georgie, hot damn, that little kid was dope. Way better than the Georgie in the fucking miniseries. <laughs> uh, love that kid. Such a good actor. Um, but yeah, I just want a little shout out. Stefan talked about that opening scene, thought he was great in it. Um, but we're getting to the part of, I think, everyone here on this podcast and hopefully the listeners <laughs> want to talk about Pennywise. All right. Guys, uh, Bill Skarsgård's performance. What would you think? Andrew, go. Uh, he talks. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> never saw the original, so I just – I don't know why I had it in my head, but I just thought he was just going to, like, be creepy and silent. I don't know what was going on when in the first scene whenever he's – <laughs> the very first scene he starts talking i'm like whoa holy shit um and uh yeah i mean fuck i was kind of surprised at like the shape-shifting type of shit at the end too like hey he has a fucking like m- m- crab crab claw type of hands too and um mm-hmm. the eyeballs coming from the outside back to center in, in in the last scene as well, I, I guess he really shows off the powers in the in the final fight scene, um, and that there's kind of a question as to 
what are the rules of this character? You know, like every vampire movie, they have rules like some don't give a shit about crosses or garlic, but some other movies do. With this, it's kind of like, what is the nature of this being? So he feeds off fear, but then we start seeing other shit like he, he can be a shapeshifter and, and, as well. And why 27 years? Is it just arbitrary? Uh, and then there's only really one scene that shows the difference between kids and adults, uh, w- which is the bathroom scene. Um, that's the only scene that kind of goes into that rule and then they kind of leave it. So it was kind of weird, weirded out by that, but, <clears throat> um, I, I got, I, I guess I can't compare it to Tim Curry's Pennywise, but, um, I liked him. I liked it overall. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, the way you walk too, the way that like he would like run after the kids and shit was really fucking scary. Uh, but, um, his like buck teeth were almost kind of dorky, <laughs> but, uh, he was a geek. I know, but you know, it's Bites still kind of fit. It's know? still kind of fit, but, um, Carney. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, great. I thought it was great. Andrew, I just want to say before Joey gets in, Pennywise shapeshifts throughout the entire movie. He shapeshifts into your fear. He just chooses to be Pennywise. Like, can the, we talk about the, the other ones that he's not when he's not the clown? Yeah, I mean, we're gonna just get into all of it. But like, he's like the leper. He is the weird woman with the right, the weird painting lady. Like, just so like, if anyone else had a question, who's listening about it? Like, the fears and like the the weird shit all comes from the Pennywise or the being that chooses to appear as Pennywise. Because I, I was doing some reading from the director, and it's just like. And other things is like his favorite form is this clown form uh, for whatever reason we don't know what the we don't know what the uh you know this interdimensional being as it's described as in wikipedia and stuff is like what its motives are but it does like to appear as a clown so just so you know um joey people are afraid of that yeah yeah joey uh, performance I, what'd you think of bill oh I, th- I thought I did a great job. I still think my favorite scene is obviously, I mean, the the the, the drain scene with him and Georgie is obviously it's iconic. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, it's so so good. And I kind of mentioned this to you guys earlier, just like I had seen us that most of that scene in front of a, a a movie I went to go see. They kind of were like, here's a special sneak peek of a scene from it or whatever, and. Um, and so, yeah, you see him talk, and then he's doing the – he's, like, talking to Georgie and being very clown-like, and he's doing the popcorn pop, 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 you know. And yeah. then he – and then – and Georgie's, like, laughing, and he just kind of goes to this, like, dead stare. Like, you know, it's like, oh, shit, he's turning into an evil fucker now. And his, and his left eye just drifts oh, off. Dude. And you're just like – you know, it like, it like, it's like a dead eye, and you're like, what the fuck? this is rad. (laughs) Like that's such a cool, like a, like just like effect and like him, like, uh, yeah, he was pretty fucking scary and you know, he could be super like just kind of creepy, cute and inviting, but then just like completely turns and it's just like, you know, pretty, pretty spooky. Uh, I dug it. I dug the performance. Sweet. Stefan. Um, yeah, he was really good. He had some really, I I I wanted more of him throughout. <laughs> I could watch a whole. I wanted to see him just sitting around like plotting against whatever. Like everything that the kids was doing, <laughs> were doing was like interesting. 
but the the creepy clown with like motives to harm people is so hilarious you know in of itself and he's just all the different ways that he was like all these different scares that he's scaring the kids or manifesting himself to these kids were really cool uh, my favorite being that painting that yeah. of the woman um but they were all really good all the different ways that he he came to be uh, but mostly it was just like, yeah, all the clown stuff was really cool. His voice was really great. Um, and I love those fiery eyes. I remember uh, there's the scene when Michael, um, you see the fire coming from inside of what used to be the club, I'm guessing. It's like the meatpacking mm-hmm. plant and you see the hands coming out. Uh, and then he has the whole vision and then that whole other scene plays out or whatever. But then... I, correct me if I'm wrong or whatever. I remember the door opening and then you see like Pennywise hanging back there. Yeah. Yeah. He's like and he, dangling. And he like lets himself down in that silhouette when you see just those glowing eyes, like everybody yeah. was like, Ooh. And I was just like busting a gut. I was like, this is yes. Yes. Sinister <laughs> fucking clown shit. Let's get him. You know, like I was on his side the whole movie, to be honest, <laughs> you get those meddling kids. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I thought. Uh, I mean, comparing it to Tim Curry, I just def- I think that they're two different Pennywises for sure. And I love Tim Curry's, uh, but I think Bill Skarsgård is like what I like out of a horror film or like a scary clown movie. You know, uh, definitely creepy. I love the like different pitches his voice would go to. Uh, I think the be- the only time that I really saw a lot of that was that opening scene with Georgie. That whole scene is just fucking perfect, man. And. I love that like every time you see Pennywise or you, he stares at you for too long, his eyes are like off center and it's so fucking yeah. creepy. It's just a little subtle thing. And I thought it was genius, man. Like some of the stuff they do with Pennywise is very subtle is great. There's another scene where uh, Ben is reading in the library before he sees the balloon, f- balloon, mm-hmm. balloon float mm-hmm. by. And there's just that lady that's just staring at him. Yeah. And I was like, that yeah. is fucking unsettling <laughs> as shit, man. That's such a good, like that scene right there. I was like, fuck that old lady. Fuck that old lady. And I was like, that's I, fucking Pennywise. That's fucking Pennywise right there. But I, um, I, I saw it with my brother and it was like, do you ever seen that lady when like the, the kid was in the library? He's like, no, I guess he completely missed it. But I was like, you just see her like turn around and she's all like, shoulder hunched and just like staring at him with this grin and i was just like what is she doing back there <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah i thought uh, the performance was fucking great i liked it, every time pennywise showed up on screen i was like ooh, shit. I, like i was ready i wanted you know i'm kind of like steph and i want more but like pennywise is very much like even in the mini series he like you know it's a special guest appearance tim curry is pennywise so you know he only yeah. has like it, pennywise has his moments which I think if yeah. we were gotten too much, we would have ran out of cool scares and they'd be like, Oh, Pennywise was too much. The scares weren't really that good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought dude, that his voice was it. Uh, some of the movements were great. I know some of them were enhanced by CG, which was a big factor of me being bugged by some of the stuff. Uh, just because I was like, I feel like that actor could have pulled off some of that stuff. Obviously not the refrigerator scene in the Niebold house, but you know, I feel like there were some things that happened. I was like, ah, it's kind of, kind of weird. And I know it's CG because people don't really move like that. Um, but uh, besides that, I thought his performance was great. And I just want to talk about the costume. Andrew, what do you think about the whole the makeup uh, Pennywise costume? I think this is, you know, an obvious improvement over the other one, uh, oh, just yeah. because you've, we've had. 
I guess it's like technology, you know, you have the, the makeup technology, if you want to put it that way, that's, uh, that's improved over the years. And I would say that's one of the things that, in my opinion, is clearly better. Well, you know, I haven't seen the other movie, but I've seen them what Tim Curry looks like. I know what that makeup looks like. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that's clearly better than the original. And of course, you got the effects with the eyes and, and all that. So um, we're just talking about that right now, correct? Yeah, we're just talking about Pennywise in general, just like Bill Skarsgård performance and then just like, you know, the costume, the makeup of Pennywise. Um, the only other thing I got to say, and it's about, I think that to me, the weakest thing, since it's still Pennywise, w- was actually the woman character because that was a little bit too too CG, too CG-ish and kind of stood out to me and was kind of the weakest ghost or whatever you want to call it to me. Um yeah, I guess maybe I didn't hate him, but maybe the um, that kid and his kind of side storyline was kind of maybe the weakest part of the movie. Of well, at least yeah, of, of the scares and stuff. Um, the other thing is this movie kind of a more of a broad stroke. The scares come one after the other. It's boom, 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 boom. Like as soon as we finish one scare, same with one kid, we go right into the next one. Where a lot of horror movies is kind of a lull period. So the the pacing is definitely um faster i'd say than most horror movies uh i think that's all i got to say about that for now joey what did you think of that clown costume those makeups i thought it was good i thought it was definitely sort of stylized from the you know sort of regular clown look that tim curry's character had Mm -hmm. um they definitely like played it up more with the bigger forehead you know with the crack in it yeah um and the sort of fiery red hair that kind of sticks up and uh lankier and then you know he's got the 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 sort of hanging bottom lip with the two buck teeth you know um <laughs> the kind of like you know the sort of sinister yet playful eyes you know if you if you want it to be them yeah. so it's like even even like you know they're fighting uh in the sort of last third of the film like it's it's in the daytime there's a lot of light so he's not really scary he's just a clown who's like you know chasing him down and there 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 is a group so he's like less scary um even though he's sort of like you know has fangs or has crab claws or you know what have you uh wolfman fang, uh claws you know um but i thought they did yeah i thought he did a great job i thought the i thought he looked great he was Super cool looking. Sweet. Stefan, would you did you like that costume? Yeah, I liked it a lot actually. It had that kind of like uh antiqui- antiquitous kind of look to his clown costume. Um uh Tim Curry's Pennywise was a little bit contemporary for the time, I guess. Or mm-hmm. what you would you know, it was very like what you would think just a normal person dressing up as a clown would look like he happened to be scary this one was very like i like how it was like kind of a caricature of even that but it kept in this like old uh sideshow circusy kind of um antiquity to it i guess uh yeah it's like the it's like the tim curry was like the coca-cola version yeah (laughs) yeah exactly i love yeah and i really like how you know like in the original the tim curry version has just those like small little points up and above his uh, up and below his eyes Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, I, I like the smile. It was pretty cool. It was very stylistic, you know. It's like um, he looked great. I love the glowing eyes and the way he stood and the way he moved in it. 
uh, when it wasn't CG, and it was just. But um, I guess that's all I have to say for it. I liked it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought that when they premiered the first photo on like entertainment or whatever fucking site they did, I was like, "Fuck!" Like, because I mean, the only thing you think of is Tim Curry's outfit, and you're like, "God, like, how are they going to make that scary for today's age? Am I going to go see this movie with a bunch of kids?" And they're just going to laugh at Pennywise. Because, like, I mean, Tim Curry's is kind of laughable now when you watch it. Like, there's definitely some creep moments in it for sure. But um, I just thought the costume was amazing, dude. Like, I, like, should have done more research on the costume designer. But holy fuck. Like, two thumbs up. Golf clap. Good job. (laughs) I think it's, like, visually, like, just weird to see something that old set in the 80s. Or, like, even if you saw someone standing outside your door with that fucking outfit on, that clown makeup. Great. Uh. I love that the uh, the uh, there's a little bit of like extension on the forehead of Pennywise. Like his proportions for a skull are very weird, but that's because he has something else underneath that, or it's a, a interdimensional demon or things uh, interpretation of a clown, which I thought was great. Also, I think Joey mentioned like the cracks in his forehead and like or the like the skin showing through or whatever the fuck that is. You know, I thought that was really cool. Uh, Definitely love the buck teeth. Like when I first saw it, I was like, that's weird. But it's almost got this kind of like vampire kind of feel to it. Like uh, kind of brings me back to um, Salem's Lot. I think he had two front teeth or they were very close together uh, fangs. Um, So I like that because, uh, you know, as we've seen in the movie at this point, he does have very many sharp teeth inside his mouth. So, uh, yeah, man, I just thought it was great. I love that it was dirty. I love that it just has this like rustic feel to it like he's from a different era it was great uh yeah man i thought the costume was fucking on point um all right here we go andrew are you ready for this yes favorite pennywise scare moment or moments just lay them all out if you had a bunch tell me i want to know and then we'll talk about them uh (laughs) i think my favorite part was the shape shifting into the fucking crab claw yeah, I thought that was really awesome. And then, other than that, I'd say the um, the scene where uh, Ben's getting chased in the library. Actually, uh, I think that the way they timed that scare was really, really good. Um, oh, and of course, the fucking opening. I mean, this movie opens up with a kid get like a six year old getting its arm bit off and then fucking yeah. killed. Like, what a fucking hell of an opening, bro. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect with this movie, and that's what we fucking get. So it was like, holy shit, what are we fucking watching? <laughs> and those fucking teeth and shit. I mean, you see that kid trying to drag his body across the street with one arm, and then he gets dragged in the fucking <laughs> um, uh, gutter. So, uh, bonus. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe that opening is the most brutal, but I also yeah, the, the library one, I guess. Um Yeah, that's that's what I'd say. All right, I'll go ahead and go. I think Maddie's away. Um for me it's just to, to kinda go back upon the, the beginning scene. Like, cause I, I remember uh, I watched the miniseries and I knew that Georgie had a funeral, but I couldn't remember I I had thought that Pennywise basically just drug him into the sewer, which is like, you'll, you know, the whole you'll float too. And he's like, you know, reached his hand in and just like drug him in. And then Georgie's missing. Um, and so they had a funeral, 
but then you know I, I i was listening to the audiobook and yeah just bit his arm off and i was like wait that's what killed him okay anyway so watch the beginning of the movie kid yeah kid gets his arm bit off and then like you see the hand like slowly coming out grabs him by the feet pulls him in and yeah like you said it's like a six-year-old gets his fucking arm bit off and it's like blood pouring out and he's like ah! and you're, just like, you're, you're just like whoa they're not fucking around <laughs> but i think my favorite scare pennywise moment was when bill has to go into the basement and like georgie's in the corner hiding and he's like georgie's like he's like hey bill he's like come follow me you'll float too oh yeah you'll float too. and it's just like like starts yelling at him and becomes it's like zombie georgie and then like pennywise's head pops up and you see that he, pennywise is using georgie as a puppet and then yeah, just like cool. slams him into the water and just starts like running after him all crazy. I thought that was probably oh, my, my favorite one. So I'm just like, he's just using his brother as a puppet. It's just like the ultimate, like, fuck you, you know? It's like, oh, <laughs> so fucking creepy. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, just to mirror what Joey's saying, yeah, that first cold open, what we've been saying, that open was good. But the first time you see those teeth come out and then that edit they make when they cut away to uh georgie putting his hand in and then like you know and then the, the you don't see the bite but you know it's happening and then the whole arm comes off you just see because those teeth come out like kind of subtly and that one shot was really creepy because they just cut to him and cut away um but i love when he like squeezed out of the locker and he was like all like broken bones and put himself back together uh, when he was walking after um eddie. what was the kid's name eddie yeah uh that was a good one um damn i love the 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 in, the infected zombie coming after eddie that shit was really cool just the face on that thing was really good i really liked the the lady in the painting uh i thought she was cool even though it was super cg like the characterization was super abstract so it was mm -hmm. like especially the second time you saw the, her because when yeah. she's like creeping back uh creeping away from him and you still see it's the woman's face and then you see his face pop out just a little bit and then he goes away. Um, that shit was fun. I love the, like the aspects of him toying with these kids while he's scaring them. Um, my least favorite probably was even though the blood part was cool, like all the hair, it, not that I didn't think it was good, but it was probably my least favorite scare was with Beverly when the hair was wrapping around her and stuff only because I think I wanted to see some kind of like other creature or something. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you, I think they were all really pretty good. That ties into her fear, though, right? Because of her budding womanhood. Femininity. Yeah. Or womanhood, Possible. I guess. So. <laughs> I mean, blood uh, is involved with that. So flowing blood. Anyway, get, go ahead. Devin, you, you mentioned the the um, the leper. I thought it was cool how, like, because in yeah, the book, when that leper, happens, yeah. they kind of describe him as, like, yeah, he's just like this bum that lives under the house. And he's kind of mummified in a way. And they definitely yeah. had him like sort of had the wrappings and the wrapping sort of hanging off. So he's almost like a mummy chasing yeah. after him. You know, I thought it was cool. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, I'm glad no one said it, but my favorite Pennywise scare scene is the fucking, uh, when they're looking, when they're, what the fuck is that called? Oh my God. I can't like, uh, they're projector. doing, yeah. The projector scene. Oh, yeah. Like, that scene yeah, was fucking yeah, incredible, yeah. dude. Yeah. I yeah, just was cool. like, because 
I heard like I tried to go see it Thursday night and like they only had front view like front uh, seats available and I was like fuck I'm not watching something I'm really excited about I like want to be in a some pristine seating you know um, <laughs> so like I decided and then a girl walked out and she's like oh I wish they hadn't used every scare from in the trailer and so like at this point before this scene I was like all right you know most of the stuff we've seen for the most part there's been little clips and I was like this is getting like a bit like i don't know like is this all you got dude like come the fuck on you know like there was the painted lady which was cool i'm not i thought she was cool uh but that scene dude i did not expect there to be like a full-grown fucking pennywise like a giant pennywise pop out of that fucking shit no dude, dude. I, I thought it was over i thought it was over yeah, i was like no there's no way you survived this shit there is like it was so creepy he was so big and like the proportions were just weird and that smile with the teeth he was oh dude yeah fucking yeah, super yeah. creepy and that's like in a well-lit like fucking garage man that's like yeah. pretty like there's a lot of really cool well-lit scenes with like some really good cg in it mm-hmm. um, but i thought that scene above all like took the fucking cake for me i just didn't expect it like it was one of those i was just shocked man like i think my mouth fell open i was like oh <laughs> can we watch, can we rewind it can we watch it again Please. you know like I, I like i just loved it man i thought it was great i didn't expect it I, you know i'm glad i saw stuff i didn't see in the tv movie i mean i don't know if that happens in the book like as far as i am in it now it doesn't so i'm hoping that's just like some original like wouldn't this be fucked up kind of shit and i was like yes yes it is it is fucked up um i, I I think they t- they uh, replaced it with the photo album. Okay. Which, I mean, the photo album's eh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Like, yeah. that's what I got from the projector that I thought. I just didn't know if, like, at any other point in the book, he becomes, like, a giant version of Pennywise. Like, but I, that shit, I was not expecting it. It fucking whew, creeped me out. Like, I got a little bit of the fear, boys. I felt it creeping in me. I was like, oh, yeah. Pennywise is going to get me. He got me. I'm scared. <laughs> Because in the first part of the scene, when shit starts going crazy, like becomes the mom and like the hairs flowing and this like crazy oh, yeah. uh, uh, frames per second, like shutter speed, it's, it's pretty pretty rad. And they kick it over, and he's just like his face is kind of smashed against the the cell. Um, yeah. And then they're like, okay, cool, it's done. And then boom, he just fucking pops out. Had had they opened that garage door, I would not have been standing in that door. I'd have been halfway down the street. Yeah, exactly. Like, Fuck that. I, <laughs> they're like, they're like, oh, he shed some light. He's not here anymore. No, dude, I'd have been down the street. Yeah, that that would have been the moment. I'm like, all right, guys, how do we get out of the? How do I get, revoke my invitation to the losers club? Because I want to put that. Do I need to write something? Do I need to, you know, formal letter to say I don't want to be a part of it anymore? Because that shit. Oh, loved it though, dude. Oh. That's my favorite moment of that entire movie. Like, uh, I the the thing I um, let's see what else I got here. All right, so the next part after that, um, kind of want to talk about. Uh, I thought this was really cool. His lair for the final part. Um, is Andrew? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm. There. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, there's a bunch of people that like muted, so I was like, uh, oh okay, yeah. Cool. Uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Pennywise's lair. And just like the concept design and like the floating kids and like all that. Like, I thought it was fucking great, dude. Like, ah, amazing, yeah. amazing set design for his lair. I didn't know what to expect seeing, like, you know, I haven't got that far in the book yet. And the TV miniseries is just like, ah, he just kind of hangs out in the sewer. But I love that he has like a lair where he's like killing and collecting toys and bits and pieces from these people, like of children's childhoods and, 
you know, all the stuff that washes down the drain. I just thought it was fucking great. Did you guys like the layer? Yeah, I, I yeah. thought it was cool. I liked how, like, I kind of like Bev floating in the middle of the air with her eyes glazed over and they have to, like, literally fucking pull her down. Um, but uh, it did also kind of raise some questions for me, too. Like, are those kids floating? Are they still alive? Are they in some sort of, like, um, state, what do you call it? Like, um, stasis stasis i don't know yeah it's the only word i could think of stasis or are they just dead floating there forever um i mean is fucking georgie dead with one arm floating in that fucking thing and they never really address it so of course that kind of that i felt like i don't know if they needed to address that or not but it, i did think about that when i was watching it um did, of course did not ruin the movie for me whatsoever um and uh yeah, it was cool. I I, I kind of want to see if they go down in the, um, you know, that thing where he uh, where he finally dies at the end. He goes down even a further uh, tunnel. Mm -hmm. I want to see what happens with that. <coughs> About to sneeze here. I just sneezed. Um, and uh, I want to see if they go down that hole. I guess. But um, other than that, yeah, I thought it was it was pretty cool. Um, I, maybe it didn't blow me away. Like holy fucking shit, I wasn't like that, but I did like it. Joey? I thought it was rad that he had a lair because, again, I haven't finished the book and in the TV series, he didn't really have one. Um, and he always talks about, you'll float. You know, you'll float down here. Everybody floats. And oh, I didn't yeah, understand right. if that was like floating in the sewer water or now they're just kind of floating in the stasis, like in a circle, like above his like, you know, collection of, of clothes and, and whatever. Um, and he's got his little box car that he like, I guess he lives in. Um, you know, I thought that was, yeah, I, I, I liked it. Um, um, let's see. Yeah. I saw it was really cool. It, it, you know, it definitely had like, you know, I guess he was under the, I forget the name of the spot, you know, where kind of everything from the colonial times, it's, it's kind of, you know, the evils happen from this point. Um, but no, I thought it was pretty rad. It's cool. Like you don't really see like a lot of like cool villain layers a, a lot in films, you know, like they're just kind of a bad guy and that's it. This is like, you're not, you're kind of like, you know, sort of comic book, I guess, bad guy with a layer, you know, it was pretty rad. Hmm. Stefan. Um, First of all, I didn't like the whole floating thing. Not not in any of the lines, nor in a visual thing with like the kids floating. Especially mm -hmm. since, I mean, I guess those kids would have been more recent. But where the hell was Georgie? At least his body. <laughs> um, and I mean, it was kind of cool. I have I don't know if we're ta talking about the end of the movie right here or this particular. Yeah, scene. it could be just the end of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like this. This is the only part that I didn't like about the whole movie was that all they had to do was like beat the fuck out of him. But I guess like they're facing their fears or whatever, but I thought it was just like a really anticlimactic kind of like defeat of him. I felt since he was like a supernatural force, he should, should have had some kind of like supernatural kind of like, um, what would you say? Mechanism to, to defeat him. I, I didn't like that. They ended up just, that they just had to beat him up and then he's like, Ooh, like cr crawl away or fall into the tunnel. So the whole layer thing, like it was cool. It looked cool and everything, but I didn't dig it as, as much. I like that he was in the well or just the house was his lair more or less. 
So I didn't see why they had to go down there. And um, the end is where it really kind of like kind of lost me. But everything else was so good. I was just like, all right, no big deal. Nothing's perfect. Um, so I guess so I guess that's my answer to that question. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Like I said, I like the layer. Um, I feel like the thing is there's going to be a part two. Like the kids have to go back. They are yeah. adults in the next part. So yeah. we're definitely going to get to see like the end of Pennywise or it or True. whatever yeah. it is. Um, and plus you got to think like these kids aren't afraid of it anymore. It's like, you know, that's, that's what true. he feeds off of any, I, I mean, I guess he needs meat and like, and that's probably all they're capable of at the time too. I guess I didn't think about that. Yeah. I mean the fight scene they do at the end of this movie is way better than the TV miniseries fight. So I uh, love yeah, the part okay. where fucking uh, Richie is uh, like, you're like, oh shit, Richie's going to turn on him. And then he grabs that fucking bat and it's like, oh no, it's beat the shit out of Pennywise time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I love that everyone faces their fears because he keeps on bringing up, yeah. trying to get one of them to, to fear him. And uh, I, I thought it was much better played out than the original uh, the, or the miniseries. Fight. I haven't I haven't gotten to that scene in the book yet, so I don't know how it plays out in the book. But I thought all that. I thought the ending was cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have seen more creature stuff, but it's like, man, you know, they got to up the notch for round two, you know. So I'll take the little bit the That's childlike true. fears because who knows what the adult fears are going to be at this point? Like, you know, because I, I know in the in the movie they kind of like they flash back to their older fears from time to time, but like. You know, like I, in the miniseries, uh, Bill, his wife, and Pennywise gets her because she tries to go to Derry to find Bill because she doesn't know what's going on. He had they, Like when they leave to go back to Derry as adults, um, like no one's explained like why they're going. They're just like, we have to go. We made a promise. So I'm very interested to see how like the adults parts of it plays out. But for, as far as like, I mean, you know, kids killing this interdimensional whatever being that they're facing i was like this is good it's like trying to yeah. preserve itself it wants to come back every 27 years and yeah you know feed on children and you know get this like become this like menace to this town yeah. and uh you know it wants to do do this every year for whatever reason yeah. like we don't know that i wish they would have i wish they it, maybe they timed it out differently to where they just had to fend him off until his time to sleep yeah was that supposed to happen that would have been a little cooler, but but what you just said, kind of like I'm like, all right, yeah, that's not a it's not a big deal actually. That it was pretty good altogether. Yeah, you know who I didn't you know who has the feed down there, old Henry. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Henry fell deep below, so Henry, Henry, yeah. just, you know, Henry. anyway, turn him into a um, minion. Could could be. I'm I'm going to head out. I just want to say uh, for my end note, I enjoyed the film. Um, the end part with Georgie before the I guess the fight. You know, and he's like, oh, sees his kid, sees his little brother again, and you know, ugh, the kid, he's so, he's so good, he's such a good actor. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see what they have. They, I can't wait to finish the book. I can't wait to watch the TV series again. Uh, I watched the first half a couple weeks ago, but I got busy and I had it on iTunes, so my 24 hours ran out. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I'm excited, and uh, it, it, it was cool. It was cool. <laughs> it was right, cool. <laughs> see, you, see you, dude. Um, yeah. See ya. So, all right. So uh, basically, we got to Andrew. Is there anything you wanted to add to the end of it? Uh, like, that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, yeah, that's it. What else you got? 
Uh, it was just going to be things that we really did not like about this movie, which Stefan kind of went into his. And yeah, okay. Um, so Andrew, was there anything in it that you're just like, man, this like almost took me out of it. I don't understand why they did this. I just was like, I, but, okay. I mean, ultimately we like this movie, so you forgave yeah. it. But there's got to be some irks that you're like, mm, yeah, of course. That. It was not a perfect film, of course. Uh, none, none of these things I'm about to say ruin the movie in any way. Um, and also, I am not trying to be contrarian here because I know some people said that they liked these things. Um, so, yeah, let me just get that out of the way. Not trying to be contrarian, but I did. I really didn't like that CG woman, and I just thought it was kind of weak. And also, I felt like the blood cleanup scene was like, I don't know. I just, it's just like, all right, we're cleaning up blood now. Um, it's just, it's not, it's just like, it was shot well, the pacing of the cleanup scene was fine, but did we really need that? I don't feel like that cleanup scene connected with anything else after that. It's just, I don't know. It just kind of felt like dead, dead space there. Maybe, maybe they're going to connect it with shit in the, with the adult part. I don't know how they would, but, um, at least for me, that scene was probably the weakest, and who else? What else was weak? Um, oh, 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 oh. Bev's dad, bro. Bev's dad. Are you still my little girl? Like, who the fuck talks like that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, he, he does in the book. He's way creepier in the fucking novel, for sure. I, I, okay. Disclaimer. I, of course, never been a girl. Can't and... read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 I cannot read. And also... <laughs> no, uh, but uh, fucking... Um, I don't know. I just, it just kind of felt like he was really kind of over the top and he wasn't pulling his weight acting wise. Um, I mean, Bev, Bev was acting circles around his grown ass to me. Yeah. Um, he was like yeah, a maybe, music maybe video girls, character. Maybe some girls have some creepy uh, dads. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but for me, for my personal experience, I didn't, I don't know. It's just kind of like not great. And I, I get it. Her fear is her budding sexuality you know that's kind of coupled with her reputation that she's gotten for whatever reason and she's just gotten her period and stuff like that so all that's kind of mixed in i get it and then she's got the dad character so it's all, all that's mixed in there you know what maybe the the dad likes that she hasn't he's like got a fetish for prepubescent girls so whenever she does become a woman per se he won't like her anymore and then he'll get angry all right i just thought about that way too much but um <laughs> so not that bad of a character huh <laughs> <laughs> well yeah the portrayal in the movie was still kind of like i don't know it's just kind of kind of stood out to me but um other than that pretty good and i think that's that's all i gotta say about that yeah. in the book he like hits her and stuff and like there's the when that blood scene happens in the book he comes in and she's like what do you like in her head she's like how do you not see all this blood and blah 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 you know and so she has to make up this like so he hits her in the stomach and like pinches her arm and like does all this like shitty stuff to her see i was waiting on that i think and he never does that but yeah. it does seem like he's going to make a, like a sexual advance and i did actually know a girl i actually knew two girls that kind of had this kind of similar experience Actually, what the fuck am I even talking about with what I just previously said? I have, <laughs> I have actually known some girls that have had somewhat similar experiences to this. So uh, maybe I'll take back what I just said. <laughs> anyway, somebody else go before I fucking Weird. put more feet in my mouth. <laughs> Damn, we just opened up a fucking like 
can of worms over here on Andrew. I, I, I'm going back and forth with myself over here. Stefan, go. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to run through my head, and to be honest, I don't think there's anything I hated. The one thing that bugged me, not that it bugged me so much, but the the character in the sh- in the sheep in the butcher house or whatever the the what would you call grandpa? that kind of place? Yeah, the grandpa at that butcher place with the sheep yeah. and the gun. The, yeah. Oh, like his um, his character arc that never. Okay. Keep yeah, going. that whole thing. But this is just this has nothing to do with the movie. Obviously, it's my personal gripe. But I've been like, fuck you, old man. I'm not gonna shoot this sheep. It didn't do nothing to me. <laughs> it's like he's like. I don't know. Uh, that that really bugged me. That could be going on. The, just this whole thing. It's like, you either in there, you out here, or something like that. And then it was yeah, nice yeah, that yeah. they had the callback t- to the gun being pointed at his head or whatever. But it wasn't really the circumstances that the grandfather was talking about exactly. Um, yes, exactly. I don't know. His, yeah. his, whole little, his whole little monologue right there, I was just like, shut up, old man. That's exactly what I would have said. And I feel like a lot of characters, except for Michael, apparently, would have said that in this movie. <laughs> but yeah. But then the scene would have been useless. But then I'm like... What 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 reason is Michael's character? Did they just put him in there to be like the token black character? You know, um, other you know, in the book, like I don't know. What yeah. Are you gonna say, Maddie? Oh no, I just I hate that Mike has been reduced to like the way he is. In yeah, because it feels like he's probably more important, right? But yeah, they just didn't yeah. Much. I mean, there's, I mean, like in the book, everyone has their own scare, what they deal with with Pennywise, right? Yeah. Like Babs is pretty much the same. Of course, Bills has to do with Georgie. And everyone else's, I think, is pretty similar. I don't think that Stan deals with, like, a painted lady photo. I was just going to say, my, uh, like, great-grandmother, when I was a little kid, bought me a picture of, like, this famous rodeo clown. And that picture terrified the shit out of me. And it was, like, in my room. (laughs) And, like, I'm not not afraid of clowns today. Like, I just got over it. Like, clowns don't scare me. I mean, if one was outside in the dark and I, like, turned around and it was just standing in front of me, fuck, yeah, I'd be scared. Because, like, what the fuck's this clown doing right here? This makes no sense. Why would they do this? You know, but um, like when I watch a movie about a clown, I'm not like, oh my God, that's my greatest fear, clowns. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, but I get, I get you being afraid of a weird painting that like might hold significance to you, like another family member of it being fun or something from a childhood that didn't scare them. So I really like that part. But um, anyway, back to Mike. Um, Mike in the book, him and his father, like his father's like a tough farmer tough dad but he's also a loving dad but he, like he needs mike to like be mike be a man like help him around and mike doesn't care doing this stuff but his dad like they have these really great moments like there's uh, a moment where they're watching like an old like godzilla film and like rodan shows up or something and you know and they're just like oh man this is he's like this is cool this is weird because i've never seen anything like this and then like later on his pennywise thing is this giant bird chasing him through this like ironworks like rundown ironworks in the town and it's great. It's a great scene. I understand you can't do that because, like, the CG alone for a giant fucking bird and, like, how do you make that scary? Like, I get it. You know, it's, like, more terrifying when you read it. Um, but, like, the relationship is so good. And I hated that, like, they had to make up this whole, like, my parents burned and now I live with my grandfather bullshit. It's like, why can't he just have parents? Like, why does his parents have to be dead? You know? Uh, another thing, like, uh, I really wish there were a bit of scene where Bill and his parents were on the couch because Bill's always talking about like once since Georgie died that like his parents won't talk to him. Like his mom's playing the piano when Georgie like goes down to get the wax so he can seal up the boat. And that's like a big plot point. And like, like, you know, like his mom doesn't play the piano anymore in the book after Georgie's death. And I was like, ah, oh, that would be cool. Those are a lot of little book gripes though. And I can be that guy for sure. When I read a novel, <laughs> watch a movie. Um, 
but yeah, like Mike was like, he's a cool character. I definitely think like he got the shaft in the movie, but he, I think he is the reason that they all come back to Derry and uh, the grown up version. He gives them all the call when the first kid dies and he's just like, it's Pennywise. He's back, you know? So uh, that's how the miniseries starts out with older Mike calling all the people. And then, um, but, uh, but my dislikes, I thought a lot of the, uh, the CG enhancements to make things creepier fell short a lot of the time. Yeah. I thought the leper stuff was pretty, this part was pretty terrifying in the book. Like when Eddie goes there the first time, he's like crawling under the house to get into the house and sees the leper there for the first time. It's very like, it's very fucked up. It's very weird. He's like sneezing and snotting. And they like, they tell him that he's not a leper, that he's like had syphilis. Oh, and he's like, his nose is rotted off and like, there's more too, but they just refer to him as the leper. Um, yeah. I thought the CG for the leper was pretty poor, uh, especially for the close up. Uh, I thought it was supposed to be disgusting, but I felt like the makeup that I'd seen people take photos of while they were on set, like, you know, like they saw them filming and like saw the guy walking around the costume was way creepier. I thought his movements were kind of funny, but I mean, I kind of let it go. Cause I was like, well, if I had a gigantic foot, like he has in that one scene, I'd probably move kind of weird too, but. And I get it, like, it's supposed to be just this, like, infected dude that they just call the leper or whatever, you know, because it's, like, Eddie's greatest fear is just this, this being that has every disease known, you know. Um, but I just, I didn't like it, man. It kind of took me out of it. I was, like, I feel like a prosthetics guy could have done a much better job. It made well, it way creepier. That, can, I, can I put a pin in that for just a second? I, yeah. I, I kind of felt like we've, we've just seen... Um... That Game of Thrones um, back like behind the scenes where it's like half practical, half half CG. What was this half like? Kind of half practical too? Yeah. Or was that yeah. was like? So I, I felt like that the CG didn't take me out of it because it was kind of a mixture. Yeah. Yeah, I just it's probably just because I saw the uh, I saw the like a, like the outfit from afar, and I think my imagination was like, oh, that's gonna look fucking great. They're not gonna do any CG enhancements on that. That's just gonna be an actor in a suit. And yeah. that's going to be dope because the guy they got is like super fucking skinny. He was like in, uh, I think he, he was in uh, Crimson Peak as one of the, uh, one of the dead ghost ladies. Uh, and then I think he was Mama and the, uh, the director of its first movie, um, Mama. Uh, wow. So, and there, there are enhancements in Mama for sure. If you haven't seen it, it's good. Um, but, uh, I just, I don't know, man. I just had that close up on his face. I just wanted it to be way creepier. I just wanted to see like some really good practical effects work and not like so CG heavy. Um, not not to say that the CG for Pennywise was, I just thought there was a little bit of the CG kind of took me out of it sometimes. A lot of the time when you get these big horror movies now, they come out like it's all about like, we got to put some CG enhancements on this. And it's like sometimes less is more, guys. Like you don't need every effect in the book, right? Um, and I think in the case of the leper, I think just taking more of like a true leper approach to it would have been much more successful, in my opinion, uh, than like trying to enhance it and make it like this. Uh, like I don't know. I just I didn't care for it. And as soon as like Pennywise shows up with like the upside down triangle balloons, I was like, thank God. I hope we don't <laughs> see this again. Like I can't look at this again. Just because I like the way I envisioned him and then like the the one, because the, I guarantee you the fucking concept art and like the suit that the guy was wearing will be 10 times creepier because it usually is most of the time. Right. Anyways, like on his enhancements, it's all based around 
like it seemed like they had a look and the character in the suit and i just felt like the leopard to me i was just like i wanted it to be so cool and just so creepy and just like i don't know it just wasn't that gross to me <laughs> so i wanted it to be really disgusting and it just wasn't i was like eh, throw away but that was like probably one of my biggest beefs with the movie uh, I felt like it moved pretty quick too, but I'm also comparing it to a movie that's like four hours long. So, <laughs> um, you know, you got you kind of got to get through the first chapter. I get that, and like the more we talk about it, and the more I'm like, oh, okay, I did like this movie. I did. I don't have that many gripes with it. <laughs> so, yeah. but um, so for the very last part, are you guys excited for uh, chapter two? Is the question? Are you ready to see the adult chapter? Okay, so Andrew, yeah. Uh... I am because I like this one, but everybody says that the original, uh, the the second part sucks and isn't even worth watching. So to me, it kind of seems like this is the real opportunity to really improve upon the original. Um, I mean, it seems like they did with this first one. So if they make this, this second part, like actually really, really good, then they really would have, would have improved the original, uh, you know, TV adaptation. So, I mean, yeah, I'll be definitely uh, there first, like opening weekend to see to see that. Uh, it'll have a totally different vibe because you know this one kind of lends itself to being kind of like half the Sandlot and then half horror movie. So, um, it, I think the vibe will be totally different. But also, you know, to grow up with the characters and stuff and to see how people change and things like that. That that shit's always interesting. So, yeah, man, I'm fucking there. Cool. Stefan? Um, what was the last part? Sorry. Just are you excited for the chapter two? Oh, are you ready for yeah, the adult chapter? I think, yeah, I think Andrew's got a good point too. It'd be it would be a really good opportunity to kinda of, I don't remember the second part to the original T V series very much, but I remember liking the kid part better. Um, um but yeah, it would be a good opportunity to come up with some sweet scares, maybe maybe take from the book and adapt take some liberties if, if need be. Um, and, and just make it a good, uh, bookend to this story. Um, you know, it'd be cool to just have, you know, in the same way we talk about like guardians, you know, whether or not it was funnier or not than the last one or whatever, it'd be nice to see both of these chapters, um, be just as solid as the other. Uh, when the time comes and, and hopefully the adult characters are compelling and hopefully they get some good actors and um, yeah, I am excited about it. Sweet. Yeah, I, I am too. I definitely think it's a, it's an opportunity to make up for, you know, you know, I, I definitely think in the uh, TV one, they had some good actors and stuff, but uh, just like, I don't know. It's, it's hard with like when you have Tim Curry as Pennywise and it's more playful than like compared to this Pennywise, I'm definitely interested to see the scares and how they'll change. And, you know, you're afraid of different things as an adult than you are a kid, you know? So um, it'd be very interesting to see some of those old fears come back slash what new fears are lurking inside these adults now, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, so um, they're, so they asked the, um, the kids of the cast who they would want to play them. And so some of them have mentioned like, um, um, like the kid that plays Ben thought Chris Pratt would be would be fun to play him because <laughs> Ben in the book Ben in the book like goes out for or in the miniseries anyway he goes out for a track team and becomes fit and like eats healthy and like and and in the TV movie he's like he helps them build the dam he's the one who figures out how to 
how a dam is supposed to work because uh, I think it's fuck it's Bill and Eddie who are trying to build it the first time and they suck at it. So Ben's like a famous architect and he's like way fit compared to what he was. So I was like, all right, Chris Pratt, Adele will do it because he's huge now. But I'm like, that's cool. Um, and uh, there's been uh, rumors that Richie's character will play be like Bill Hader is in the running to play adult Richie, which I oh, thought sure, was yeah. like very cool. Like if that does happen, I think they're uh, I think it'd be very cool because Bill Hader's very good at like doing voices and being like that obnoxious ass. So I think it like I think Bill Hader would be a good choice and to see him play more of a serious role would be great for his just yeah. like you know as an actor it's got to be great to kind of like i've never seen him be scared in a movie you know so um it'll be that i think that casting's great um the kid that played eddie said that jake gyllenhaal he would like jake gyllenhaal to play him and i'd like jake can play anyone yeah that would be amazing actually uh, i think he'd be great as this like yeah i think he'd be great as like a germaphobe like yes kind of a weakling you know uh and then Mike Hanlon said, uh, or yeah, the kid that played Mike said, uh, Chaswick Boseman, who is Chaz- Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah, however you say his name, uh, he would choose Boseman. him. Yeah, he would choose him, which he's Black Panther, so I doubt that's going to happen. But those casting choices are pretty good. And then uh, the girl that played Bev Marsh said that Jessica Chastain would be, she that would be cool. She would like her to play her. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And the director worked with her on Mama. So it's like not out of the picture that he could be like, hey, do you want to play adult Bev? Um, so that would be cool. Um, there were some other ones, but I totally forgot. They they were good choices too, um, but I totally forgot them. Do you guys have any? Was there anyone that you think you would like to see play some of these characters? Or yeah. Dude, I'm always, it takes me a while to figure out this kind of stuff, but the, the the fucking kids picks are amazing i i want to see that cast i on the spot it's hard for me to think of of anybody um that would be good but uh holy shit that would be a fucking awesome cast yeah Dude, amy amy adams is bev <laughs> yeah oh, that's a good one that's good i feel or, like the, uh, some yeah. such person yeah i mean i i really like what the kids said you can i think you can just like look up it it kids cast their adult selves or whatever um and, but they're very interesting very cool and i think they've made a lot of good choices like if we'll see most of them probably not but you know some of them are not like out of the like you know they'll get more money for the sequel it's a rumor that it's not going to come out till 2019 so they have time to like kind of secure these actors if they want to try to get them um oh uh, i think it was stan the Stan kid, the Jewish kid, said uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, that'd be oh, good. Nice. And, that'd yeah. be cool. And I don't know if, like, I want to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a horror movie. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I want to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt in an It movie or another horror movie because they had said he hadn't been in one since, like, H2O Halloween, the Halloween 20 years oh, my or whatever. God. So um, it would be cool to see him in, like, a like you know, uh, a, a good horror movie, not just, like, some schlocky, like, oh, let's kind of, like, get Jamie Lee Curtis to reprise a role 20 years later from the first Halloween or whatever. So um, no offense out there, people who like H2O, no offense. <laughs> but, I think yeah, the, one I that fits the, mo- the one that fits the most is the, is the, um, the Eddie, his pick. Yeah. yeah. That I think was, that, that's really I think good. Bill H- yeah. Someone was saying that Bill Hader and the, the, what's his name? Like Finn Wolfhard or whatever the hell that actor's kid's name is. 
movie that him and Bill Hader look alike, but I don't see it. But I, I would like to see, like, I feel like a comedian needs to play because he does become a comedian. Oh shit. Um, so like, I think a comedian that like has some good acting chops that can like be afraid of a fucking, you know, I think that would be very cool to see instead of just casting like a normal actor trying to be a comedian. Like I'd really like to see a comedian that has never played a role like this before be Richie. So, yeah. but yeah, I thought it was interesting. I liked that they asked them who they wanted to play them. I thought that was pretty cool. So uh, I didn't know if you guys had thought you'd be like, Oh, this guy would be really good at this, but come on, Jake Jonah, if you're listening to this, we need you. Yeah. yeah for that a chapter be, that's two. really awesome. good. Just channel bubble boy, bro. <laughs> like, I mean, he has the facial expressions for sure. It's like, Oh yeah. Um, so the last part, just to round this up to have a little bit of fun. I have, um, so were there any other clown movies you guys were scared of or are there cool clown movies that are like, Oh, you guys got to see this because nice. yeah. if you haven't, cause I know people are going to be like, Oh, I want to watch all the clown movies with, you know, and so uh, Andrew, go ahead. Is there a clown movie that you would recommend or something what in the vein of kids during the summer having to tackle something <laughs> greater than themselves? Uh, one of my favorite horror movies of all time is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes. <laughs> uh, I can't even think of another clown movie. I know that's a horror comedy, but shit. I mean, that's... I mean, clown aliens, bro? That... <laughs> genius. <laughs> it's, it's, it's genius, dude. It's fucking genius. It's so good. It's so cheesy. It knows what it is. Uh, it's... I could see them... You know what? They probably won't even be as good as the original, but if they remade it, I would be there fucking opening weekend because <laughs> that movie fucking rules. Uh, <laughs> I really think probably Killer Clowns and The Thing are like my favorite horror movies and Monster Squad. Those are my top three horror movies probably. This is why we're friends. <laughs> of, all, of, like, of all time. <laughs> like, yeah, I probably like Killer Clowns good. more than Exorcist. <laughs> people are going to fucking kill me for that, but, you know, I like to have fun. So, uh... Yeah, that that's definitely my pick. Cool, uh, Stefan, you got anything? Um, I'm just like I was saying, like kind of at the top of the show. I think I'm just like really into the idea of like different types of clowns in cinema, especially creepy clowns. Killer clowns is great. Um, I recently saw a thing on Heath Ledger's Joker, just a small video on YouTube about his like process of putting that character together. I guess he was on a podcast right after they finished shooting and dropped some details about how he put that character together. So there's a lot of like really interesting tidbits as to, as to how he got into his clown performance. The one, one of the most of which that I found most interesting was he studied like ventriloquist dummies oh, shit. and how, and how they looked and how they respond, you know, that, that, that kind of like disconnected kind of representation of life. And then now I was watching some ledger Joker, uh, scenes and stuff and he really it does evoke this kind of like disconnected perception of the world around him and it made it extra creepy and then you know thinking about the man who laughs that image of the the character that the joker was based off originally uh, and then you have pennywise from this and like the now we have two different versions of him like it's all great i like uh, or like house of a thousand corpses you also have captain spaulding and you know i'm sure there's uh what was that uh brian johnson movie that he made um <laughs> that really terrible like uh what was it? it was about the clown from the view askew logo vulgar oh, oh, oh my yeah. god 
Yeah. So just this idea or like John Wayne Gacy, you know, being kind of like the realistic um, uh, or the, 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 what would you say? Like the basis, the based in real, uh, real events or whatever, just that idea of like a creepy clown. Like it could be a nice clown when you're right next to him or whatever, but could also stab you. And then a a couple of years ago, there was like a lot of people dressing up as clowns and doing like pranks and stuff where they'd be out on the highway, waving at people with balloons and going up onto people's porches and being a part of their like security videos and stuff and they would just leave balloons and like play around to the camera and then just like slink away so i remember 2015 i think it was like everybody was like fucking clowns everywhere (laughs) And, and i and i dig it dude like i found a lot like in this movie like i said like anytime you knew something bad was about to happen i just got like giddy about it i'm like you know, I'm the twisted kid who's sitting at this fucked up, like, uh, he, he, like this fucked up circus, <laughs> you know, like clapping to Pennywise while he's doing terrible things. <laughs> I was like, I was into it. I like, I like creepy clowns, man. They're great. And um, what's that other movie? It's called Clown about the guy who transforms into that fucking. Oh, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Is it yeah, Eli Roth? I'm about to bring it up. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm so, about to bring uh, it up. So, it's hard for me to, you know, my favorite obviously is probably going to be the Joker and probably Heath's Joker because he was so creepy and it was so dark. Um, directly after that, I saw Jared Leto, uh, how put his process of putting the character together. And by watching that, you see that there isn't any more footage of a good Joker. There's no other footage of Jared Leto's m- mon- like magnificent performance. They show just a little few, tid- they show a couple tidbits of him and it's just embarrassing it's embarrassing so he's probably my least favorite on screen cinematic clown <laughs> wow yeah fuck fuck that interpretation it's really awful now that i saw that video and was thinking about it it's terrible they should be shamed of themselves that <laughs> fury or whatever damn look at stefan with all the clown research Boy. yeah so um, the film, uh, uh, Stefan brought it up. Uh, actually, there's a film called Clown. It's on Netflix. You can watch it right now. I actually have it playing right now. Uh, it's just called Clown. It's produced by Eli Roth. Uh, it's directed by John Watts, who also did Spider-Man Homecoming. And before oh, wow. that, he did a movie called Cop Car with Kevin Bacon about little kids like getting in a co- basically stealing a cop car and Kevin Bacon being a piece of shit and tracking these kids down and making their life a living hell. So, uh, but, but like clown, uh, so cop car is good. We all love Spider-Man homecoming here. So, you know, clown is likes a little bit in the acting department, but the prosthetics and the clown makeup towards the end, because basically this guy puts on a clown outfit for his kid's birthday. He can't get the clown outfit off. Doesn't know how he can't pull the nose off. Uh, he can't get the wig off. He can't get the suit off, but he starts saying transforming and he apparently just wants to eat kids. And then he goes see this, and uh, there's basically like this whole made up lore about like the clown and like, you know, it used to be this demonic force that they've kind of like throughout the years made fun of, you know, to try to like take away the stigma and the fear of the clown or whatever. Yeah. But pretty cool like interpretation of like yeah. I, I eat up like old book shit and like old yeah. made up like lore, love it. So like for those moments and then the effects at the end and some generally creepy moments in it great film and then i will suggest mama because it's the only other movie the guy that made it has made uh you should see it he did the short film mama which is on the it's at least on the blu-ray i have but del toro saw it loved it gave the guy you know 
produced the uh, live, uh, the big budget version of it, but it's good. I haven't seen it in a while. I bought it the other day just because I wanted to rewatch it. Um, yeah. I did like it kind of has like an orphanage kind of ending. If you saw that movie, which Del Toro also produced. So it's kind of like, they're kind of like happy ending horror movie, but they're kind of dark too, you know, like um, very interesting ending to the film. On, uh, definitely worth checking out. Very, some very good creep out scenes, very good ghost story yeah. for sure. Um, but um, yeah, that's all I got. I want to, I just want to add things. before we finish talking about, clowns and it all together i I do want to add that there were uh, actual like clowns protesting the release of this 2017 it film oh uh, yeah because it because it because it's reinforcing negative stereotypes against clowns and i i truly like i read that and i laughed but i truly feel for fucking clowns who are trying to be cute and like and 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 playful and like kind of boost that and that whole timey kind of character of a lovable clown you know like bozo or something but oh god but it's just it just i think i think once they tapped into that fear of clowns that's more prevalent in our contemporary society they all bets were off like you know they're akin to like something like trolls or something in norse mythology you know go two three hundred years down the line clown is going to be you know similar to pazuzu from exorcist or something like that it's just like you can't i think the fear of a clown you know like zombies is just like they'll never stop no matter how fast or slow they'll never stop and you'll die and it's terrifying you know vampires prey on you and suck the life from you whatever but with like clowns i think the fear is that it's like you want to be closer to it because it is like cute and seems friendly or whatever but that's like the most devious of all those creatures in a lot of ways because it allows you to get so close to it uh, before it strikes as we've seen in the beginning of this first movie yeah they probably or don't like the new american movie. horror story either because apparently yeah. that's about a clown cult so yeah yeah and all those like i might end up watching that one it sounds fucking creepy yeah my sister uh just a little tangent here uh she's like oh did you watch the first episode of american horror story called us like no she's like oh i just heard that evan peter's character is like a racist like he's like a white <laughs> it's like a nazi basically and i guess he starts humping the screen when donald trump wins the presidency because he's like loves it and i was like jesus christ <laughs> Uh, I'm kind of interested just to see how uh, <laughs> I'm interested yeah. to clowns, Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, definitely sounds interesting, but um, yeah, that's all I got. I, uh, yeah. I think generally overall we enjoyed it and you should see it. Uh, Excellent coverage, yeah. Maddie. I did have one. Uh, if, 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 if that's okay, I had a question to ask everybody that's it related. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, if if Pennywise came after you, what form would he take? Ooh, that's nice. a good one. So go ahead, Stefan. All right. Um, I or do you think... want me to go first just to give you guys more time? Oh, yeah, yeah, you go first, but yeah. Okay. Um, well, I have a fear of heights, so there's that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I would be falling somewhere and then go splat i don't know how that would happen with pennywise but um and then also i've also had a kind of uh, fear of alien abduction <laughs> so yeah that was instilled in me from an early age from watching unsolved mysteries and shit and x files 90s fox man really did me in and uh like like I've told you guys before, I've probably said it on the podcast before, but I'm glad I saw Fire in the Sky for the first time in college, yes. not as 
not as a kid, that would ruin yeah. me, bro. I would have probably, probably could have, I probably would have committed suicide or some shit. That oh my god, horrifying. So we probably would have come back in like alien form, maybe like that classic gray alien or several. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that I think that'd be my answer. Other than that, I don't have too many. Like I'm not claustrophobic. Um, I don't have a fear of water. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So I think that those are my answers. Yeah. Mine would be, um, I would be, he would like, like slowly peel my skin off and take my guts out and stuff (laughs) while, while, while I'm under sleep paralysis. Oh shit. Yeah. You know, and, and prior to that, it would be a whole production of him like coming in. I don't think he would manifest himself maybe as yeah maybe as something maybe just as like a some creepy pervert or something and like you know what i mean and it would just be like i couldn't move i couldn't speak but it would be like in a room where like people were close to me that knew me but like you know how the adults couldn't see what was going on with them like they wouldn't be able to see that i'm getting like i would just be like moaning and people would be like oh man he's having nightmares or whatever but i would never wake up and i would have had to live through the agony of him like killing me without being able to move <laughs> that would be fucked up yeah that's good that's a good one um all right uh so i guess like i'm afraid of heights like you andrew but i feel like i've conquered it i've i've gotten in a plane i've been on top of sears tower i've looked over on the deck like i don't have any desire to like jump out of a fucking plane or anything but right. i feel like i could overcome that pretty easily I kind of like stuff in the ocean kind of but freaks me out a little bit like just but as long as I'm just like not thinking about it I can swim in the ocean but like when I start thinking about the ocean kind of freaks me out like drowning kind of freaks me out but I'm a pretty decent yeah, swimmer so I like could overcome that uh, I think the thing that would get me and it's been shown in like um there's that black mirror episode where the guy plays like the video game that's like so realistic and he sees the spider yeah. like i don't like spiders i've picked up a tarantula off a friend's back before oh wow because um, it crawled around and he couldn't get it off um so i faced that but i guarantee you if pennywise like any form pennywise with like the body of like a spider like would probably just terrify the shit out of me um i was trying to think of kind of like steph uh, stefan's sleep paralysis shit man that's probably the most scared i've ever been in my entire life when it happened to me um Dude, yeah, that's so, uh, oh, I couldn't even finish that movie on Netflix, dude. That fucking yeah. freaked me yeah. out. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, there's things. I, I definitely think there's things that Pennywise could tap into, but I will say, I think that I could overcome all of them. But I'm sure there's some deep fear that he could tap into that I haven't yeah. like, faced yet as a person. That's um, the thing. So, yeah, the thing you you um, you can't think of, and you're just like petrified. Yeah. Well, that's that, that's what I think will be interesting about chapter two about like adult fears that I think they could really tap into that I think would be super interesting because like we definitely are afraid of things from our childhood. Like, you know, like I'm still afraid of spiders or whatever, you know, like I don't want to be around them, even if it's a small one, like I can let it go outside and pick it up. But if it like, like if it's a certain size, dude, I'm like, that motherfucker's just dying. I'll man up enough to kill it. Like I would definitely have that moment, the Richie moment where I like, Oh, there's a baseball bat right there. Time to take you out motherfucker. But I don't know, man. Like, I feel like he could deep dive into this brain of mine. There'd probably be some fucked up shit he could pull out. But Andrew, <laughs> I wanted to say a little tangent. I saw fire in the sky as a kid with my dad. Oh my God, dude. And How'd you make it out we of that? Watching, 
well because when you watch that movie you have no idea what that like i was watching it, i was like i thought this movie was about aliens and then it's not till the last 20 minutes that you see fucking aliens yeah 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 like there's like those weird like jump moments but like as a little kid you can't like process those fast moments it's like oh that looks weird and like when you rewatch it now you're like oh i know what's coming i know what those scenes are you know but when that when they first show him like in that the, the spaceship or whatever i was like like I couldn't take my eyes away, but then That's... I was like fucking terrified. I was like, "Aliens exist. This movie is true." <laughs> like, and they wear Fire fucking spacesuits. One of the best, dude. That oh, is the dude. most real. Not, I don't know. What, I guess you can't say realistic because I haven't fucking seen inside of a spaceship. But it's like the best abduction <laughs> no, scene. That's true stories. True. It's the it's the best abduction scene I've ever seen in my That's fucking life. <laughs> yeah. That's a documentary. That's what Fire in the Sky is. It's what the. <laughs> It's, it's what, the truth. Somebody brought up that bullshit movie, The Fourth Kind. I just want to take this opportunity since we're talking about oh, alien abduction movies to say that that's a piece of shit movie, and this is a much better, much better, more terrifying alien experience oh, than agreed. I think agreed. most agreed. movies have been able to do. Last podcast on the left the... also just covered this real story, and anyway, I don't want to get into that, but go listen to that shit if you like Fire in the Sky. Because I go on. I, think I don't know story. if I want anymore. All right, so we're going into our next section, which is Lynn Wine, who just passed away today, I think. Um, is that correct, or was it a, like yesterday? Or No, I think that we just got this September news. September 10th. Oh, really? So yeah, so that's the day, right? Yeah, yeah so that's yes. the day. <laughs> yeah. yes. As of this recording, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, go ahead. Um, all I know about him is he's kind of created some like iconic characters, such as Wolverine and Swamp Thing. I'm just I'm a huge fan of Wolverine. I think everybody knows that from the many podcasts we've had about Wolverine, Logan, fucking X-Men. Uh, also a huge fan of Creatures, so of course I love fucking Swamp Thing. Um, I don't think I've read any of the stuff that he might he's that he might have done, which will change now because now I need to read some shit. I think my the most I've read of Swamp Thing is probably like the Alan Moore stuff, just because it's Alan Moore, and you you tend like once you start reading Alan Moore, you try to read all Alan Moore, so. And plus, comic books get expensive, guys. Yep. And it's hard to get yeah. them all. So, yep. you know, you get what you get. But um, I think uh, we all have a little bit to say. Um, get away after me. Stefan, did you have something? Uh, yeah, well, just uh, alongside creating some of, like, the best characters, Wolverine being the most notable. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah, yes. Wolverine being the most notable. Um, he also, uh, before I got into comics, he also, um, I would read his name every Saturday morning on a few different cartoons. Um, he was a story writer or he was a writer and a story editor on X-Men, Batman, the Spider-Man animated series, Jesus, um, Exo squad, which was a favorite of mine, oh, the wow. Godzilla animated series. That was really good. And also reboot is another popular one that he used to, um, damn dude, write for along with a bunch of others like this dude. He was all about this type of storytelling and like the the pulpy comic book, uh, colorful characters and I don't know what have you. You know, he, he was like he was like a giant in the world of comic books and uh, comic related entertainment cartoons. Fun shit, basically. Fun shit. He's a good dude. He was a good dude. Rest in peace. I didn't know he did Exo Squad. That's interesting. And reboot. That's like that's yeah. that guy was all over the nineties. Yeah. Um, so I've actually seen this dude in person at cons. Um, really unassuming. He walks. He rolls in. He was in a wheelchair. He uh, he would roll into the panel that he would be part of the panel of the panel discussion. You know at comic cons, 
and he has like no security, nobody with him, just kind of rolls in really unassuming. And you're at Comic Con, you kind of expect people to like bum rush him for autographs. This is the guy that invented fucking Wolverine and Swamp Thing yeah. and shit like that. So really, really big fucking name. I mean, that's got X Men is already big enough, and he had created arguably the most famous, the most popular uh, X Men there ever was. So. <clears throat> That was really cool. It was kind of, you know, it always it also made me think, you know, this guy is one of the most is one of the top comic book guys. He's probably made a lot of money off of these characters. Probably gets a nice residual paycheck, and but he couldn't walk, and yeah. for some reason, you know, that made that made me think, you know, like you can have a lot of money, but that doesn't mean you have everything. <laughs> yeah. I really had this kind of deep thought at at, at Comic Con because of Lynn Wine. Okay, I was like two feet away from him. Um, but yeah, I guess we we kind of lost a legend today. Um, other than Swamp Thing and uh, uh, Wolverine, I'm other than what you just said, Stefan. I'm not actually I'm actually not too familiar with the rest of his work. But uh, yeah, he's done a definitely bunch. created a bunch Marvel, of shit, man. Indies. He's just, he was a pretty prominent writer throughout like the was it like the oh I closed my page like the eighty early eighties into the early nineties. Right. I mean, this, yeah, basically a legend here. So, R.I.P. Lynn Wine. Let's head into the news. Okay, so connecting with the It talk that we just had, weekend box office for It. This uh, Hollywood reporter has reported that it scares up a record 117.2 million in the U.S. for its first weekend. And also, it is the least expensive movie ever to have an opening weekend of over 100 million. I don't think this movie has a worldwide release yet, but I'm sure it will. So these are just domestic numbers. But yeah, we, we were talking about a box office slump last last episode, and it was predicted that this would get people out of the slump and it did yeah. nice yeah it, in, in in my theater it, f- it really felt like this was like a movie that drew people in it really felt like p- people wanted to be there and experience it. it like i feel like it people for that for the last few days until it was officially open you know people were excited about it you know like uh, i went with friends that i hadn't that i've only gone to like one other movie with before you know, they're like, let's go see it. We got to go see it. And then our theater, it was just like so much fun. People were scared and laughing and stuff. People were looking at each other, you know, like strangers and stuff. It felt like a, a really good mu- movie experience compared to what we were talking about last episode about, you know, like the slump and stuff and kind of just like trudging it, through. It's crazy because usually they call it tracking, the box office tracking. It's hardly yeah. ever wrong. It's usually like pretty much on the money. These people. I guess it's their job. They do it all day, but it's crazy how they can, how well they can predict this kind of stuff, just yeah, based yeah. on Twitter buzz and and pre-sales, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's, I mean it's crazy. Like uh, I, I feel like uh, I saw an article on something on Facebook or something that was like talking about their like resurgence of horror or something or like is it gonna bring horror fans back and i was like we didn't fucking go anywhere it's just like you you rarely get a good big budget one anymore like joey said the and the the new annabelle was pretty good but like the one before it like i fucking hated it i thought it was terrible so like why would i go see a sequel to a terrible movie you know like I'll, i'll rent it for sure you know i just 
you know, I think a lot with the marketing of it was very clever for it, you know, you know, hashtag, uh, they'll float too. Great. You know, it's a lot of, it's the, we live in a hashtag era. You got to have a good one, man. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think a lot of people wanted to see a remake because they're fans of the novel or the miniseries or both. And they definitely wanted to see different stuff in this film. And I think they got that. I definitely think it has like a different take on different characters for better or worse, you know, um, which is like what you want to see when, um, I think a remake or a reboot or whatever the fuck you call this thing is, you know, uh, you want to see a director's take on it, a vision on it, you know, for him to have a direction. And I think we got that. I think it doesn't look anything like the miniseries. Pennywise is totally different. And, you know, that's why you go to movies. That's why I go see reboots for a new idea, you know, um, God, I was just trying to think of a movie I just saw where it didn't have like any, like it was like a remake or a re like, oh, Death Note is a good example of something that's just kind of like taken from the pages and try to do a fan service instead of trying to be anything different or like, right. cause we all know Adam Wingard is a great director. He's made some solid fucking films, you know, despite how you feel about Death Note. Like I thought your next was fucking great. I thought the guest was good. I love his Blair Witch sequel, thought it was good. And I was hoping I was going to get something yeah. similar with Death Note. But instead, I got this like weird fucking shitty Cliff Notes version of the Death Note anime, you know, with like some minor changes. I was like, oh, that's cool. You should expand it on that. But that's why I like it. Chapter one. It's like something recognizable if you've read the book or read the uh, or watched the 90s movie. But it definitely has its own take and its own scares and its own its own feel. It doesn't you know, it doesn't feel like it's rehashing anything. It feels like something new. I think that's what people wanted. And that's why they were driven to it. And uh to be scared man like a horror movie will make if it's a good horror movie it'll make fucking money dude no matter how yeah. much it costs to make yeah. if it's scary and makes you uh jump at all or you know so that i was like to, to me it makes sense that horror is not the top genre to me i mean it really it really makes sense that action and action comedy for me anyway i can see that that is always the top moneymaker worldwide like the four quadrant movie like star wars or something but it, it's also good to see something like horror you know it can make inroads with like the mass audience it's it's always hard to make an r-rated movie make as much money as a pg-13 movie that's just the that's just the nature of the game but um it's cool to see fucking horror movie like make this much fucking money and get the whole fucking country back in the theaters yeah yeah were you gonna yeah. say some Oh, I was just gonna say like when when I was watching it, you know, thinking I was like, horror is where it's at. You know, like I don't watch quite as many horror movies as obviously Maddie does, um, but I do I do like to skate on the ones like I love the both Conjuring movies. You know, feeling like Conjuring one was just really good, like really just like a classy, well made horror film for this generation. I feel like it is the same way. Um, and you know, when I'm looking for a movie to watch just out of boredom, I'm generally looking for like some eighties horror, some nineties horror, something I haven't seen. That's like scary. Like I love that. It's, it's, it's that roller coaster sensation of, 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 you know, a good jump scare is a good jump scare. Not all jump scares are good jump scares, but the good ones are really good. <laughs> um, and then other things that are just like, I love the experimentation of more. Like one thing I loved about it is how they kind of like did, it did feel like they tried to push the boundaries on, on what is creepy and how they can make something creepier or a new idea 
that's kind of creepy that's i loved him coming out of that locker and just like you know he was all crumpled up um that to me was like i was like oh fuck that's trippy as hell you know i love the the pushing to the bat to to the point almost of being like a psychedelic kind of like horror thing where it's just like the mind can't even stand it you know it's so <laughs> i mean this is my yeah. ideal but um but yeah i think i think i think horror film is horror is where it's at aside from the comic book movies and the occasional like good sci-fi horror is pretty much you know what is the top romantic comedies or something like what's the top selling type of movie right now i would say it's action comedy a pg-13 action, action comedy fucking yeah. snore come on come on bro well my personal opinion horror is is the best right now well i think the thing that's so great about horror is with andrew brought up in this like you know it's cheaply made like even with the effects work yeah. you see in this movie apparently that was cheap to do and like even if they didn't have all those effects like generally you can make a good scary movie with little to no yeah. like effects you know like if you're a good filmmaker solid film you know solid writer you can make something scary with camera tricks and that's the best thing about horror is that anyone can make a fucking horror movie you know it costs little to nothing to you know i mean Stefan, you've even shot some stuff like that one hallway at your fucking aunt's apartment or whoever the hell lives at that apartment building i don't know what the fuck that place is it's creepy as fuck dude oh but yeah. like that thing you shot was so good and so unsettling like i remember like i'm really so, good with atmosphere i'll say that <laughs> <laughs> but like that's all it takes and i, I think it's yeah. i think it's nice that like the public or you know the fucking big wigs in hollywood can see that horror film you know give it the time the direction you know i don't know if he had to fight for anything that he wanted in this movie or the r rating if that was a big ordeal to get but it's like yeah i mean horror most of the time horror should have not to say that you can't make a good pg-13 horror movie i think you can i just think like something like hit based off something based off a stephen king novel with a kid getting its arm ripped off in like the first chapter yeah. i gotta see that blood yo um but you know, I, I, it's not, it's nice when this happens because I think the th same thing happened with The Conjuring. Like, The Conjuring came out and made a shit ton of money. Like, no one thought, like, no one knew yeah. what to expect because nothing, like, there's nothing before it. It's just like the guy who had done some Saw movies and then Dead Silence, and maybe Death Sentence at that point. So yeah. it was like it kind of came out of nowhere, but it was another one that took it, like, took itself seriously, seriously, like as a horror should be a serious film. The genre it shouldn't be looked down upon like yeah there's schlock in every fucking um genre of movie you know but i feel like horror gets the bad rap it's like oh all horror movies are dumb and boring and they're not scary it's like well apparently you're not looking in the right places because i've seen some terrifying shit in my day so i don't know anytime horror gets a win i'm like yes fist race yeah. to the sky i don't think oh, horror's man. ever won best picture either either the one time it was nominated for best picture was the exorcist but guess what other movie was nominated that year the Godfather. Oh, so, yeah. The Godfather won over the nobody, nobody gives a fuck about crime movies now. All right. Yeah, so, uh, what would you? Did you have anything to say about more? No, nah, I mean, I think everything Stefan was saying is like, you know, if they can pull off that kind of Guardians vibe, which Guardians stole. I agree with Stefan like that. When I watch Guardians, I'm like, you've been watching a lot of Star Wars. Yeah, I know exactly, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, if they can kind of pull in that humor and you know, uh, keep true to the characters that is Han Solo, Lando. And I think a lot of it's going to be kind of these new characters that, that will probably bring a lot more of the humor and just the reactions of Lando and Han, you know, as long as, as long as they act like Lando and Han, we won't have a problem, but 
yet to be seen. Seems like things are going well on the set. I do like that uh, Ron Howard has been a little more hands-on with that. His Twitter, his photos is kind of fun. Right. Like he just shows these little behind the scenes, even if they are kind of stupid, it's just kind of nice that someone's doing that. It seems like it's a lighthearted set. You yeah. Know, I don't think any, I don't think I've ever heard anything bad about being on a Ron Howard set. So, you know, no, I, I think he's, he's definitely a good pick. He's, you know, one of America's greatest directors, I'd say, you know, he always makes his good kind of like lighthearted Americana type films, but that, I think that really works with star Wars Mm-hmm. And Han Solo, and I mean Woody Harrelson, bro, one of my favorite actors. I'll see anything he's in. Um, I would see this movie anyway, but Woody Harrelson's definitely a plus for me. So, oh yeah, and they added Paul Bettany too, to because they couldn't get Michael K. Williams to come back because of shooting schedules. Whitewashing? No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, sounds great. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I've always liked Paul Bettany. I mean, it honestly doesn't look good uh, when Ron Howard recast the black character as a white character. Yes, yes. Um, but, I mean, I guess he is like, since Paul Bettany's been in some of his films, it's like, hey, you want to come do this real quick? So, Yeah, it's not a good look, but maybe he has a lot less screen time than Lando. Let's just see how that pans out. Ultimately. Well, I guess I think Michael K. Williams' character was an alien that was going to be CG'd. Oh, and then he okay. could come back for the reshoots. But now Paul Bettany's character is a white character. It might be an alien, but he's not CG anymore. So I don't understand. Like, so they changed. Okay. Like, I, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Like, once this movie comes out, everyone's seen it, and then like, what could have been? Like, you know, when you see concept art or like maybe screen tests, if they ever surface of the character or whatever. So I don't know. I was just like. Ah. Hmm. Right. I like Michael K. Williams a lot. So, and Paul Bennett is good too. I'm not saying he's not just like, I love me some Michael. Omar. Right. If you haven't seen the wire, then watch the fucking wire kids. And then get back to super house. Come back and listen. <laughs> okay. So then the next news bit here, uh, we got Deadpool two news actor, Stefan Kapus Kapusik Kapusik. Let's go with that. Spoke to the Hollywood reporter about Colossus's expanded role in the sequel. It said that he didn't have time at all in the X-Men movies, and he's one of the iconic characters. He needed that space, and thank God director Tim Miller and Ryan and Fox decided to give him a spot, which will continue to grow. That's the thing that I can say. The sequel will answer many questions, which people are asking right now, because all the questions I can see on the net are answered in the sequel. That's good news. Um, again, the only thing I have to say here is, uh, I don't think Colossus like grows in size in the comic. They make him like a giant, kind of a giant character, like a juggernaut type. I think he's just like a six foot five, like a really tall dude, but they make him like eight feet tall in the, in Deadpool, which is fine, but it's just different from the source material. So I wonder how, if we're going to see him in human form in this one, and is he going to shrink? How does all that work? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, maybe they're just talking about grow as a character. Yeah. Within the universe, like, because I mean, like Colossus and the X Men movies didn't really like. I mean, X Two is probably like his biggest role out of Deadpool. Like he had the most to do. Yeah. I, oh, I guess in X Three too, but no one talks about that, so who gives a shit? Um, I'm trying to forget. Um. Yeah, I mean, I like Colossus in that. I, I, you know what? I'm just, I get, I get weary when it's like you add two new characters, but then you have Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Colossus, 
and Cable and Domino and Deadpool. It's like, yes. I mean, I'm going to this movie to see Deadpool, you know, um, and the little characters he meets along the way, cool. But it's just like some, I mean, I don't know. You know, people get paid a lot of money to figure this out and like figure things out, how this all makes sense. And it's when you're getting all these reports of all these characters, it's hard to be like, well, how are we going to have time for all these characters and this character development? And like, we're meeting new characters and when are they going to show up? That and Indian dude, it. the Indian cab driver also coming back to complete or at least continue his, yeah. his role. And is like Cable going to do the Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill thing? Or are we just going to get him at the very end? I'm like, this isn't fair. Don't do this to me. You know, uh, right, right, so, right. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited for Deadpool too. I, I didn't expect much from Deadpool one. I'm not like a huge Deadpool fan, but I had a great time watching that movie. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm on board. What ifs? I think that I, I love the first Deadpool. It's one of my favorite Marvel movies. I'd say, um, I mean, I have it on my DVD shelf right now. Oh, well, there I you go. It cause I, want, I bought it cause I just wanted to watch it again. I was like, oh, I'll probably sell that. And it's just like, Every like every once in a while, I'll just go back and put it in. So right, you've seen it more than me. Yeah, definitely has some staying power for sure. I mean, I just I, for me, Deadpool was the R-rated movie I needed to save my theater-going experience. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and because uh, I mean, I mean, as a kid, you couldn't get in. Like in my hometown, it'd be like, oh, you're too young, you can't get into this. Luckily, my dad was like, yeah, we'll go see it, and it's like, yes, dad loves R. <laughs> you know, so like you Thank can go, you, I, father. Or if he didn't want to go see the theater, we just rent it. So I would see it, but you know, I kind of like that people are making adult movies again, you know, like Deadpool it. I mean, most horror movies are rated R, but like, you know, it's nice to see like this kind of stuff coming up where you go to the theater and kids aren't walking in. Not that I don't mind kids having a good time when I'm watching, you know, an Avengers movie. I like those little kids are like Spider-Man. Wow. Cause it reminds me of being a kid. Exactly. But I, I don't want yeah. a kid in it going, like screaming because he's so scared or crying because they're scared. Like you shouldn't have brought your kid to this movie. That's dumb. Why would you do that? Like right, this right. is an adult <laughs> film. Know when you should take your children to movies. It's not to it, you know? Right. Remember when we saw war of the, when I saw war of the planet of the apes, there was some kids that went into it and they like one said, some of them sat next to me and they were just like awestruck. Like they shut up. And I was like, these children are good children, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like yeah, sometimes I do enjoy kids because uh, they do bring me back. I remember when I saw that uh, CG Turtles movie. Ago, uh -huh. Yeah, I went to that and it was all kids. I was like, oh my god, this is weird. But we were, they were out, they were cheering loudly at things. I inside was going, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. It, it's great to have kids sometimes, but you know, we are adults, and it's great to have adult movies. It's I. I love the fact that like, uh, you know, I can go see a movie as an adult with other adults and, you know, you know, sometimes I want to hear some dick jokes and see a lot of blood. So it's good that we have, it's good that Deadpool exists. Indeed. All right. Oh, before you move on, yes. I want to backtrack to star Wars. Oh, okay. Big yeah. event just happened that we're not talking about. Okay. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Colin okay. Trevorrow. Oh yeah, fire from the third Star Wars of the you know Daisy Ridley uh, Star Wars got fired, I guess, or they let him go. So I was, uh, I'm just gonna say my bit about it. Um, I think he would have been a good choice. I think he made a solid Jurassic Park sequel. Uh, I didn't reinvent the wheel, but you know what? God damn, he made some cool looking dinos, didn't he? 
Yeah, he did. Um, so, <laughs> but I, I guess his last book, people, or his last movie, The Book of Henry or whatever the fuck it's called, like got terrible reviews. I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's as bad as people are saying it. Probably not. Um, but I just don't think like if that's the reason they fired him, but I've also heard that he's really hard to work with. He's like, after Jurassic World did so good, he's like on it. He's like, mm, I can do anything. Just let me do what I want. And I guess like they were like, no, but we need you to follow these rules or these ideas because that's what we want to do for the upcoming Star Wars stuff. And he's like, mm, whatever, I do what I want. And it's like, dude, it's a fucking Star Like, why would you want to get fired off a fucking Star Wars movie? You know, yeah, right. like who wants that? So the official reason like, was that he was difficult, would... right? Yeah, yeah. That's like the official like that it was difficult. But for first of all, like the first rumor was it's because his second movie did so bad. And it's like, I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, everybody has a flop. I mean, even some of the greatest directors have flops. So, you know, it happens. It just sucks it so early in his like career, like really especially after Lucas film. Yeah, and it's like you can like it's also with the guys you got kicked off of uh Han Solo, those guys, it's like you guys can't follow a few I'm I'm sure the rules are pretty exorbitant, like coming off of movies where you got to do whatever you wanted because the kind of failing franchises or just starting franchises or whatever. You know, it's like, but you, I mean, some of these people have been there since the beginning of Star Wars, you know, like they know the direction they want to go and you can't follow a couple simple rules to get to direct a Star Wars film. I mean, there are three people right sitting right here talking about Star Wars that would, you know, I'd give like, I'd give the right side of my body to fucking go direct a Star Wars movie, yeah, you know? Right. And I'd just be like, yeah, whatever you want. Wait, Stephen Andrew, I've never directed a movie. Get the fuck over here. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I, I mean, I think anyone here that's been to film school or anything like that would, this would kill to do a fucking uh, Star Wars film. So it's like, what the fuck's the big yeah, deal? Yeah, like what like, you're saying reminds me of those directors that are leaving The Flash like yeah dc's in in a mess but i mean rick famuyiwa and the other guy okay well i guess the other guys had more things going on but why would you leave the flash like even if it's gonna tank like it's still like you've made a big fucking hollywood movie i don't know like a big superhero movie it's just i can echo your thoughts with with that star wars stuff because that's what i was thinking about the flash movie well, I mean, with like the Flash movie, it's like I get it because like if you have a shitty script and they're like, yeah, make the Flash movie, it's like, well, fuck. But it's like, what direction are they get the producers of Star Wars? Like, did you get the shittiest script for the last Star Wars installment? Probably not. You probably got a solid fucking script. Probably needs a little bit of work. Probably need to figure some things out. Right. You know, but like, what's the one thing you wanted to do that they're like, no, I'm sure, you know, like we can't have you do that because we want to do this. And it's like, and then their artistic vision, it's like, well, I mean, I get that. I mean, you need to put your stamp on it, but you know, or without like George Lucas, like actually making the first Star Wars movie, you know? So, you know, I don't know. It just seems kind of like, what's the point, man? You'd have your name on a fucking Star Wars movie. Yeah, for I don't know. All of time, you know? Yeah. Like, once you're gone, you'll be known as a guy who made a Star Wars film. For better or worse, it's going to be better than the prequels. There's you know, a lot more going on, you know, behind the curtains than, than we know of, but I guess we can only comment on what we know. It could also be that they were really happy with what Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi and, you know, whatever Colin Trevorrow was bringing to uh, the episode nine is they, they probably didn't fit with the ultimate overall vision. You know, they have like three or four people that are 
basically deciding like where this entire universe should go. So maybe, maybe it's a good sign that Ryan Johnson knocked it out of the park, you know? And I think he's one of the, I, I think I made a red, it might be just a rumor, but that he might be in the running to direct the, the third one as, as well, which really? I never thought, yeah, I never thought I would be like halfway okay with something like that, but it could be a sign that, you know, last Jedi is good. And, you know, they might might be wanting to attempt to avoid, you know, the uh, uh, a repeat of some of the lesser moments in Jedi or something, you know, or it could be anything, obviously. But I'm just wondering, like, it could maybe like uh, he probably is difficult. He probably did pull the artist card or something like that. But at the same time, he's going up against like people who are just like, no, 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 no. You know, it's like it's like when you're ha- having a round of jokes with a bunch of friends and then that one friend comes in and they're like, boo, and kill the whole thing. Pretty painful. So maybe there's something <laughs> is in his treatment or whatever. Maybe there's something in, in his version that was getting made that they were just like, you know, we, we're not budging on this. You're obviously not budging on it, you know, because, yeah, to him as a filmmaker is probably a huge deal. But to them, they're like, we just don't want to go off course there. we got this different plan. So, I don't know. Hopefully, it doesn't bode, bode well for, for Last Jedi uh, in that regard. I hope so. God, I hope you're right. <laughs> I get so nervous when these movies come out, man. I just want good ones. It's going to be you fine, know. guys. Take deep breaths, deep breaths. You don't know that. I mean, I don't know what I don't know who Stefan is anymore. He's in Ryan Johnson's band camp now. No, it's weird. <laughs> this is not this is not this is this, this is, is uncharted not, territory. Yeah, You're that character that changed completely in late in the season of the show or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> like Sansa or something. We'll we'll see. But, but I feel like, you know, maybe Ryan Johnson's probably, this is the other thing, is Ryan Johnson's probably a better yes man than Colin Trevorrow or uh, the other guys who are working on um, Han Solo, you know. So maybe one I mean, day we'll get some clear answers, but something's fishy. Dude, it's internal politics, too. There's there's just probably so much going on there. Yeah. You know, the guy's got Jurassic World under his belt, too. Trevorrow's going to be fine, guys. I mean, as a person, as a director, he's good. I don't know. He fucked up Star Wars. I don't think I'll see anything else he does. Yeah. Like, Whoa, what do you? What do you? You turned out Star Wars. He, what do you mean you want to resurrect Jar Jar? You, <laughs> oh God! What do you mean that you want to make him the this true Sith that he already he was supposed to be? He secretly was. You know. They God. they only want Ryan Johnson to uh, redirect the next one because he Force Friday did so well. Those porgs, man. Yeah, animals. I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it does make me think though, that Ryan Johnson actually wanted to make a Star Wars film with everyone's vision in mind, though, despite like maybe some of the things that I was like, again, like, you know, things that he did artistically that I was like, mm, I don't know about this, you know, so, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm going to take I'm going to take I'm going to, you know, jump behind Stefan on this one and be like, yeah, all right, maybe Ryan, Ryan Johnson did make a fucking dope ass Star Wars <laughs> Yeah. And I'm not comfortable with this by any means, but it's it's he's just his name is going to be one of those names that, you know, throughout history from now on, from this point further, he's just going to be one of those names you're going to hear a lot of because of The Last Jedi and for better or worse. You know what I mean? We just have to accept that he's like in the pantheon of like huge directors now. (laughs) It's not just some fucking indie knucklehead who claims he's from Denver. Not. Damn. 
I can't wait till this movie Punk is bitch. awesome, and you're gonna take back all the Ryan Johnson hate speech. I don't think I'll ever, you know, I'll say I'll say less of it. I think, but you know, if it's good, credit where credits due. <laughs> You'll say, oh, it was everybody else? It was yeah, producers that I, made it good. I'm just one guy, so I'll have to live with that, and everyone can live with my opinion. It's fine. <laughs> you're invested. I get yeah. it. <laughs> Stephen, you can just say Ryan Johnson made a really, one really good movie. <laughs> That's yeah. true. I'm like, oh, well, you know, like everything was kind of like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, mostly nothing worth writing home about. But that Star Wars, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> that Last Jedi, ooh, ooh, boy. That was the good one. All right, so the next one we got uh, Spawn news. Um, you know, this is something that McFarlane's been going. He's been talking about this for fucking ever, but he keeps saying he's going to compare Spawn to the shark in Jaws, you know, where you kind of don't see him that much which is kind of an interesting take. And the lead is going to be Twitch actually from the Sam and Twitch, you know, those two characters. So, uh, going to be cool how they turn, I guess like the mon, like a monster type hero, like, well, treat him like a monster, but he's also the hero in some weird way. I'm very ex- interested to see how they do this. Like when I start seeing the preview for this movie, I'm going to be getting very excited for some reason. I was a fan of, you know spawn growing up and stuff so it's gonna be cool to see him come back and and also to see the actual comic book creator direct a movie as well that a movie of the of his creation so yeah i think right now is like a perfect storm of spawn activity (laughs) for todd mcfarlane uh because like just i was thinking about this today actually i didn't even know this was going to be one of the tidbits but just like um, you know, thinking about like indie horror, low budget horror films like Spawn makes itself perfect for like a small budget, creepy, dark adult horror film, you know, like playing up the aspects of him being like um, committed himself to being like a demon in hell, like this like living dead thing, avenging, I don't know what you would call him, but, you know, this force, this supernatural force that isn't kid stuff you know what i mean and and presumably it's sam and twitch as the main main characters in it you know blumhouse producing they've produced a lot of like pretty decent indie or low budget horror films and stuff it's like it's perfect it gives it gives todd mcfarlane enough room enough wiggle room to, to to mess around with it and you know if it's even if it's bad it'll at least be and i don't think it will be actually i think todd mcfarlane's a pretty good storyteller i think he's got a really solid idea of what he wants and that's what makes his shit work um so i'm all for this spawn movie i think and yeah by the time the trailers come around for it or just a teaser it's gonna be like oh shit you know because you can really play up the hellish aspects of this thing that go fucking dark if this character is begging to go dark you know the original series was dark for its time but now we're in this time Let's and plus, we're living in this there. age of basically Marvel movies, which are great for the most yeah. part. But you're gonna you have this really take a superhero movie where it's like, those. "I'm the Violator," you know, like yeah. scenes like that. If there's gonna be something like that, that like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and just really hellish R-rated, yeah, and also like with, and with budget too, terrifying. like the most expensive thing in the movie, other than maybe the lead actor, uh, is pay, uh, you know, salary is going, and the director, I guess, is the suit. And then the rest of that, if they're if they're not doing well, maybe they'll do Violator. So let's say two suits tops, and the rest yeah. practical bl- blood effects, maybe some minor CGI. 
that's it. So I think monetarily, budget-wise, it, it, it seems yeah. to make sense. And Blumhouse is good with this kind of stuff. It opens itself up for some creepy monster shit, you know, like right. brimstone, demons. Like, I guess the clown is not going to be, it's going to be kind of reworked. The right, idea of right, right. That's a, there's another one, though. We're talking about clowns and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Oh, one. yeah. True, true, <laughs> true. Maddie? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. After watching that Todd, Todd McFarlane, uh, uh, that little uh, the little video he sent out that we all watched, which is great. Totally forget. C Complex did it, I think. Blueprint? Is that the uh, name? Yeah, I don't remember, but like they're just interviewing him in the process and the businessman that Todd McFarlane is. And, uh, you know, I think I think him doing this and directing it and it being in his hands is a great idea spawn so much i would hate to it just to be the last like we get all these weird little snippets of him because it's like i get like jaws being hidden until the very end because it works you hadn't seen the shark you know you didn't know how big the shark was you had an idea or alien you know that there was an alien on the ship but what does it actually look like you get snippets but we all know what the fuck spawn looks like you know so you know, I just don't think keeping him in the shadows is the best idea. I do think taking a horror movie approach is a great idea to this character. I just would hate to see it, watch a movie and see snippets of Spawn in the last 20 minutes he fights Violator. And it's like, all right, cool, I guess. But, like, you know, I read Spawn comics for Spawn. I don't read them for Sam and Twitch, even though, like, they do yeah, have their own yeah. comics and stuff. True. So, I mean, I hope there's, like, a good balance of, like, you know, that plus we get to see some Still got to be comic booky. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, definitely have a horror element for sure, but I mean, you can show the creature in a horror movie and it'd be compelling, just like we saw with it. I mean, it's seen in the daylight and it's pretty fucking creepy a lot of the time, yeah. which is like, I we didn't really talk about it a lot. I mean, it was brought up, but it's really hard to do CG creature stuff in the daylight, daylight and it looked good, but they pulled it off in it. So, and you know, I think Spawn should stay dark. You should be in the alley mostly, you know, despite like if it, you know i don't know what they planned but i mean you know i will say that it will be better than the live action movie there's no way it can be as bad you know <laughs> um and this and that movie does have some cool elements to it like i mean it pretty much follows the first couple of books pretty pretty well right it's with the animated series as well so that's cool and you know like I, 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 the only thing I really want Tom McFarland to say is like, we just got to make it sexy. Cause that's what he keeps on saying in that fucking video. He's like, I just <laughs> sexy. So it's it, whenever he starts saying that, I think I'll rest easy before a trailer. What so I did crazy. was I made it dark and sexy. All right, good. Here's I just like, I like that Blumhouse is like, you know what, Todd, we're going to give you what you want. You know, like yeah. you, yeah. you want to make this movie. You've had this ruminating for twenty years. It seems like you've been talking about it being the horror, like the horror movie for years. And I, I just, and you know what? The fact that it's going to be mainly about Twitch. I, I actually, I understand that. Like when you want to see a Spawn movie, you want to see fucking Spawn. But he might kind of be playing the game. He might be like making it more Twitch. Is 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 yeah, just a lower? It's a lower budget. It's a lower budget too. You know what I mean? Yeah. The effects budget is going to be much lower this way. And then maybe he'll get a sequel, which will fucking be amazing, you know? Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's what he's doing. I, you know what? I can't say I've never met him. I never talked with Taking him. Kind of a backdoor approach to it and like building. Yes. World building type of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can well, see I mean, that. It, as long as it's creepy. I think one thing that the cartoon benefited from was that it was just so creepy. 
And right. I think that's probably where his idea of horror is. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great idea to be like reintroduction of the character, follow the two detectives. Like we're just on the journey with them, figuring out who Spawn is. You know, I right. get it. I love it. Great idea. I'm just saying, you know, I don't want it to end up like Jaws where the last, you know, 20 minutes of the movie is all the all the Spawn stuff, you know, or Alien. Yeah. You know, because like I don't know if I'm getting a sequel, whereas with Alien – with alien more so than the jaws movies because they kind of suck after the first one you know uh it's like you know uh you know i know i'm getting those movies but there's no guarantee that i'm gonna get a spawn too because i've been waiting for a spawn movie since todd mcfarlane's been fucking talking about it so you know that makes me nervous because i would love the aliens version of the spawn sequel you know don't call it spawns that's a terrible idea i'm not recommending it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> But, you know, like, I, you know, I want that big budget, like, action movie. Done well, done well. You know, still dark, but action, more action. But, you know, I just, you know, I want to see Spawn, man. I don't want him to be in the shadows. I want to see, like, some cool outfits. And, like, I'm totally down with, like, practical effects, not CGing up the cape, you know, keeping it not so Tom McFarlane cape-like. <laughs> you yeah, know, we got to have a like, gas cape. That necessarily, but... You know? I don't like it when he does that with Batman and shit, but I, I, I like it for spawn. Yeah. But you know, like I, I'm very interested in this. I think it's going to be, it's a good time with like Deadpool coming out, like that we can get a spawn movie again. Um, right. Well, and I like that a horror movie, uh, like a horror production, uh, company took like, was like, yeah, fuck yeah. We'll try to make a dark superhero. Like why the fuck not? No one else is doing it, which is great because if there's anything I learned from that Tom McFarlane video, was like no one else is doing this, so why the fuck don't I? Yeah, when he's talking and about that's the what he's doing right now. There's no, yeah, there's no dark superhero movie right now. No one's doing it. No one's making this tortured kind of yeah. soul kind of dark horror movie superhero. And it's like, well, dude, it's like it's almost like it's almost like where he was when he was making the comic too, which is kind of weird that like it would come back around. Yeah, right. Because like no, nothing like Spawn existed. Like he took things from things he'd worked on, like Batman and Spider-Man, because that's what Spawn is, an amalgamation of those two characters, you know, in the suit anyway, and the look. And then he's just like, well, what if he made a pact with the devil and he's not a good guy? It's like fucking, dude's a fucking genius. Yeah. And I feel like he's doing that right now. He's jumping on something that people will like, you know, hopefully we'll get adaptions of other dark characters after yeah. Spawn. So what, what sucks is there's there's this... There's a girl I know that's like 25, 26, and we were talking about Spawn, and she had, dude, she asked, what is Spawn? She'd never fucking heard of Spawn. Like, this character's kind of been not not around for a long time, so I wonder if there's going to be an issue with the generation gap. Yeah. That, a, like, and, and a, yeah that's sorry. not much younger than, than us, really. Yeah. In so, a lot of ways, it's going to be like, recapturing an audience or, or reselling the idea. So that's like, that's what makes it so nice in that perfect storm kind of way is like, I think McFarlane sees the opportunity where he can improve upon the idea himself or, 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 or augment it in some way. I think the thing too is uh, for Sam and Twitch, you have to get two. you were talking about like paying for spawn and then like violator, the suits and stuff. And it doesn't really matter who Al, I mean, you want a solid actor for Al Simmons, but an unknown is fine, you know? Yeah. An unknown actor that can pull the chops because he's going to be in fucking burnt makeup for the first, like for most of the movies, you know, except for flashbacks. So like, 
you know, I don't need an A-list actor, but you do need like at least a a A-list actor and then like a B-list for Sam and Twitch because that's going to be your fucking draw if that's your like take, you know. But you got to sell it on these two detective characters, basically, you know, and then just have this element of supernatural horror that they're like, oh shit, you know. So it's going to be very interesting to see the casting of this film for sure. Yeah, yeah right. Because if, if I'm not, if I'm not like. Yeah, if I'm not seeing Spawn for, you know, a lot of the film, it's like, well, you know, are we even going to get Spawn's backstory necessarily this film? Or is that going to be, you know, is this just going to be the beginning of him as Spawn? So, because if it's just Spawn, he can just be in the costume the entire time with a gravelly fucking raspy ass voice. But, you know, like your two main leads here, Sam and Twitch leading us on this journey and they have to be solid actors, but they have to be recognizable actors to make people want to go see this movie. Unless the trailer just like creepy and fucking badass as hell and you don't even give a shit who's acting in it. But I think for the general audience, not people like us, you kind of have to have. Um, I think you'd have to have some recognizable faces as these two two leads, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, I know. Get some of those Game of Thrones I mean, kids. Whoa. Yeah, but like I think Patrick Wilson would be a good uh, Twitch. You got the Amber Alert going on here, guys. I'm fine, but what the fuck? Sorry. <laughs> Andrew, don't get in the van. <laughs> you probably shouldn't joke about that. Yeah, uh, I'm fine. They find those yeah. All right, keep going. Keep going. Sorry. But I was just kind of like thinking about casting and like who has done like Blum House stuff before and like. I think Patrick Wilson could lose some weight and he'd be a funny twitch, like do some makeup on him. Uh, Cause I liked him in the conjuring movies. And I think they're all kind of related to that whole Blumhouse. Uh, that whole category. And then Sam, you'd have to get uh, a bigger dude. Get uh, uh, Samuel Tarley, whatever that guy's name is. I think get he's Nick. a little too young, man. Nick, what's his face from yeah. the Shaun of the dead. That would be cool. Oh, That'd yeah. be some cool casting. And do his best like New York accent. That'd be funny. Yeah. Weird. All those British guys can do an American accent. No, no problem. <laughs> yeah, that guy's good. I, I definitely would like to. That would be cool to see him do that for sure. But I was just kind of like, just like who would I cast as Sam and Twitch, you know? Ed Norton as Twitch. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Might be too old I'd to bring in a young, young audience, though, for that generation gap. That really is a concern, but... <clears throat> I, you know, uh, if Gary Oldman was a little younger, I think oh, he'd, be a good, he'd be oh, a good Twitch. He'd be perfect, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't even mind him being an older Twitch, but it's like that pay, that payout, dude. Gary Oldman's an expensive motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. He could definitely, yeah, he would fucking kill it. Yeah, I was just trying to think of like super skinny and people that are within the Bloomhouse family that they worked with before that would probably like take a slight pay cut to come do something like that, you know? Right. All right. So let's move into the next one, which is, uh, we only have two more little tidbits here. So the second to last one is venom. Wet is going to be handling the digital effects for, for venom. That was news maybe like two days ago or so fairly new. And the production has been de- delayed another month, but, uh, t- I mean, Weta, they, it's definitely a, a good, it's definitely good news there because I consider Weta like, like Rick Baker was back in the day or Stan Winston, like the, the top, top studio. I don't, I don't even know who would be number two. Well, I guess ILM, but I'd say Weta is better than ILM, really. So I think we're going to have some really, really awesome uh, transformation scenes. And also, this is another fucking dark-ass 
superhero movie, so or super villain movie. So it's going to be cool to see this get made. I don't know if you guys have much to say about that, but I wonder if they're they're kind of similar projects going down the pipes right now. Um, and I wonder if Venom doesn't have like a pretty decent script uh, to it. Um, if they're getting Weta, you know, I mean, Weta's got to make money. I get that, but uh, Sony's throwing cool. the money in. Yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of cool if it was like uh, you know the caliber of film that requires like some the expertise of Weta behind it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and with Tom Hardy, you know, Tom Hardy it's not like he's like trying to climb his way back up from anywhere and he's not done right. great movies, you know, like it's making me some of this news tidbits, making me think that, uh, this venom script is probably halfway decent. It's yeah. definitely different. I mean, you got a, a villain like to this caliber and like a really fucking evil looking villain as your main character, or, like a descent right. into madness or, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. I suppose it's like a descent into madness type of story, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I was wondering, like, are they going to do, like, the Venom open mouth fucking, you know, crazy Venom? Or are they going to do the more, like, tactical Venom that showed up later on? Like, um, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, he was, like, had the Venom suit on, but he was, like, more in control and, like, like had, like, tactical gear on. But mm. Not sure. I don't know. I'd like to see the fucking full-on tongue out and shit. Also, this is McFarlane related, too, huh? This is because McFarlane made Venom, right? No. Oh, he didn't? Oh, okay. No. Sorry. Bad on me. I thought he made Venom and Carnage. No. Okay. I, think I don't he, know where I, think, I got I that. I think he's drawn Venom before for sure. But Yeah. McFarlane's big, or he drew, he, you know, that whole video, he talks about how he got into Spider-Man, but he also, um, he came up with the webbing that that really twisted kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I, a lot of that might have gone to the, and he made the Venom. Yeah, he made the big eyes on Spider-Man too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, because like no one was doing that or whatever. And he's like, oh, I'll just do it. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Make it sexy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, having Weta involved makes me more excited for a Venom movie. Uh, I just don't know, like, you know, I mean, it's like, I just don't know, like, I mean, that's fine if this is a straight up horror movie and you're rooting for the villain or, you know, it's just so fucking crazy. You don't know who to root for. And it's just a, guy having to deal with this fucking symbiote attached to him and his ability to try to control it. But most of my Venom incarnations that I've seen or read or just trying to hunt and kill Spider-Man. So kind of in uncharted territory here until like, I'm probably going to buckle down and pick up some quintessential Venom comics to read. And then it'll probably make more sense. But then there's also rumors that Venom is going to be the, or uh, Carnage is going to be the uh, villain. And then uh, that guy from the night of also on Rogue One, he oh. is list for Carnage. So oh, that'd be interesting. Riz Ahmed, or is it still rumored at this point? Uh, I think so. I don't think I've heard any kind of confirmation for that. I'm looking at the at the wiki right now, actually, for who created Venom. It said the original idea of a new costume for Spider-Man that would later become the character Venom was conceived by a Marvel Comics reader from Norwich, Illinois, named Randy Schuler. Marvel purchased the idea for 220 bucks. Oh, shit. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah. I, that dude, that's, there's a lawsuit. There has to be. Dude, that guy needs some compensation. But then again, if it's written in the contract, it's like set and done. You know what yeah, I mean? It feels done. 
I mean, it, it sucks, but I mean, may, this guy has maybe he has an appeal he can make, but f- f- those those initial contracts are pretty hard to get around, man. Yeah, I just man, I feel bad for that guy. I mean, but who yeah. knew? I mean, like when that was coming out, that guy probably just made a comment and they're like, "Oh, that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, we'll buy that. We'll give you two. And it's like he's probably enamored by fucking Marvel, like even talking to him, sending yeah. him a fucking phone call or you know whatever. Dude, I don't know. The more like after watching like Batman and Bill and shit, it's just like I want to love comic book companies, man, but they're just as shady as the rest of them, dude. Dude, there's they especially back in the day. I think they're a little better now, but they were basically gangsters, dude. <laughs> New York yeah. gangsters, bro. You'd watch that gangster movie. I definitely would watch that shit. Fuck yeah. You say but, comic comic book guys? Comic book gangsters yeah. coming out this fall. <laughs> okay (laughs) fucking um all right so the last little tidbit we hear we have here is uh the shazam movie formerly known as captain marvel on the dc side uh the actor and model Derek thieler teases that he uh, had a shazam audition and um i guess the only thing we can really comment here is that it seems like they're doing the casting for the shazam movie which seems to not be canceled and it seems to be going through and um, it seems like they'll be casting a more or less unknown for the lead. It's, I mean, even there was that John Cena. <laughs> John Cena was rumored to be Shazam. But yeah. uh, I guess he's not an unknown, but he's definitely still kind of climbing the ladder, I'd say. I don't think he's going to be really, really known until, worldwide at least, until um, that Bumblebee movie comes out. But uh, I don't know. You guys have anything to say about this little thing here? Uh, can we talk more about Spawn? <laughs> All right. Um, I, I just, I'm only slightly familiar with the character Shazam. My my only real ex, uh, uh, knowledge is based on Marvel versus DC. What was that? The um, in the nineties uh, or nineties? Justice? Huh? Oh, Marvel versus DC, the game. Oh no, 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 no. Marvel oh. vs. DC, the comic run, but went right before it turned into Amalgam Comics. Do you remember that? Yeah, slightly, yeah. Um, so there was uh, Thor was fighting Shazam, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Billy, Billy Bastion, I think. Bastion. Bastion. Batson, Batson. Batson, yeah. And so I was like, when I was a kid, I was like, that's fucking cool. He could just like say this word and become this like, this... Uh, adult super strong superhero or whatever and i thought it was so amazing but then now thinking about it i'm like eh, you know who cares about the kid like i'm an adult i don't need fucking how about you change uh, from a guy who who has to work like a minimum wage job or some shit to support his family and he turns into shazam. let me sell let me sell you that on means, that though yeah shazam is supposed to be kind of the one of the more light-hearted dc yeah. Totally. properties it's going to be yeah. like not man of steel dark not you know i mean it's going to be probably even lighter than what justice league is looking like yeah and there was a time in america's history where captain marvel you know it's called shazam now but captain marvel yeah. was actually more popular than superman yeah and totally grant morrison broke this down in some interview i saw where he said that the reason for this in his in his opinion is that it took uh it took hold of the comic book medium even more than Superman because Captain Marvel was fantasy and didn't have any rules. He said, if you, if if you wanted to fight monsters on the moon without a suit, who gives a fuck? Let's do it. Cause it was boys fantasy, no rules. Just let's go wild with imagination. 
Yeah. So that's why it sold so much. Uh, Superman ultimately is kind of sci-fi and has some rules to it. You know, how does crypt- kryptonite work and all this shit? So yeah. um, <clears throat> that that was his reasoning. And I think that's probably correct. So I think that um, it's going to be interesting to see how far they go with this fantasy thing and how far they go with the lighthearted nature of the film. And also the fact that he's a kid um, there's in the later uh, it's a little bit more dark, but in the later um, like Justice League stories and stuff, they have these conversations like, you know, he's an adult when he's changed. But are we going to let a kid on the Justice League? We're going to bring a kid into this war. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right, so yeah. they, they, they tackle this question and I think he gets kicked out, but then he comes back on his own accord or some shit like that. So uh, it adds an interesting element to um the whole thing so that's my little shazam rant mm, i'm not sold yeah. <laughs> okay well you don't have to see it I, I, yeah if they if it's got a cool casting i always thought the rock would be a better um captain marvel than <clears throat> john cena and i think or or I, I always thought the rock would have been a better captain marvel than black adam they offered it up but, to him man but he, matter, yeah. he he chose a uh, black adam yeah but yeah but that'll probably never happen now. You know, he's running for fucking president, so they don't even want to give him the role. Oh yeah, um, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I, I'm I'm interested. My interest is peaked. That's where I am now. Right. All right. So, what'd you have to say about Spawn, uh, Maddie? Oh, I just was making a joke because no one was saying anything, and I'd <laughs> okay. much rather have a conversation about Spawn than Shazam <laughs> any day of the week. Um, but I mean, I, I'm always still that. has his penis. Oh no, it's burnt off, dude. He's a demon. <laughs> he's, he's the leader of Hell's army. He doesn't need a penis. He's got to fight angels, angels, dude. He's got to fight it, angels. Did it burn off like a little wick? Yeah, oh, exactly. My God. I hope that's in the darker version. <laughs> I would think that the general, in, a general in Hell's army would 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 have a pretty huge dick. True. True. Well, you know, you gotta, you I mean, gotta have that confidence. That just innate. Ability to kind of size somebody up—that's that's based primarily on dick size. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I hope we get that scene. I mean, <laughs> that's all I want in this life: choke somebody to death with this giant demon dick. Ah! See what you brought this conversation back to, Maddie? Yes, this would. Be <laughs> right. I just wanted to talk this about Spawn. Stefan is the only always the one movie. that brings it back to dicks. Do I? Oh, yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of dick talk when you get on this podcast. Or Cody. <laughs> that was true. goddamn. Cock talk. Cock talk. That will Cock happen. Talk. Can, can we buy that from him for $10 and then make it yeah. a... Make a <laughs> fucking empire about it? We're no better. We're no better than comic book <laughs> companies. We're the man now. Gangsters, baby. <laughs> yeah. What yeah, are that's... we even talking about anymore? Yeah. That's so good. So is that news? There was one more, right? That's it, man. Oh, nice. That, that is a, it. It was a good hearty helping of news. You know, I try. People. I thought there was something else in Star Wars that I remembered, but then we started talking about Spawn and I forgot. But Trevorrow and Woody Harrelson quote was all I remember. I thought there was something else. Maybe it was some other thing that we love equally. Or as much as Star Wars, but I don't know anymore. Yeah, I don't. Point oh, you know, like... you know what? Uh, did you guys see the image of Alicia Vikander as 
Laura Croft from the Tomb Raider film. They posted quite a few pictures. She looks badass. Dude, looks like that's going to be one to watch out for. I feel like that one's kind of in the waiting. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'll and watch it. get a surprise hit. I think uh, I never actually saw the Angelina Jolie ones, but this one, even if it's a flop, I think I will enjoy it. <laughs> you just I, like Black Candor? Well, I'm not, it's not even that. I really like Laura Croft as a character. I've always loved the Tomb Raider games, but I could tell from watching the trailers of the Angelina Jolie ones that they're going to be whack. Um, so I just yeah. never really saw them. Um, and, uh, but this, the new incarnation of the Tomb Raider I really like and that they're kind of doing just like the copy-paste kind of version of filmmaking. I think like even if the plot itself is kind of bad, it will still have some of the echoes of some of the things that make these current games good. So I think I'll probably enjoy it. And she looks great as Laura Croft. So I'm, I'm excited. To, I don't, I'm not really too familiar with her. I think the only thing I've seen her in was Ex Machina and she was like a robot. Like, yeah, right? she was good. She was, she was a good robot, but like you didn't really get to see so much range, but it'll be awesome to see her embody this character because with the new games, they've been doing such a good job of just like developing her character. I love, the new Laura Croft, so I'm super excited about that. What do you guys think? Uh, I agree. I actually did see at least the first Angelina Jolie one, and you know, it wasn't terrible, but it really wasn't that good. I know that Jolie, she even got like a Laura Croft tattoo, I think. Like, she really does love that character, but yeah. it's another victim of their own circumstances, uh, I guess. The actor's a victim of his of her own movie, <laughs> but uh. Fuck yeah, dude! I'm fucking ready. I played that first one. I don't think I played the uh, the other, the second reboot, but yeah, they're a lot good. like Uncharted. Well, I know you know I know Uncharted came out after, yeah. but I think Uncharted kind of perfected that whole thing, and then yeah. Tomb Raider came back around with yeah. kind of like hopping on that I, perfection. I like. I think I might like the Tomb Raider ones a little bit better. Really, um, as for my taste, as like a solid gaming experience. Yeah. Um, because the one thing Tomb Raider does a lot of this too, but not quite as much. But the one thing that gets me about Uncharted, I like Uncharted a lot as well, but sometimes there's too much of this like cinematic stuff and like telling these big overarching stories. Like I thought it was kind of cool in Uncharted 4 that you could play as little kid version of him for a little while longer than yeah. in the third game. But even in the third game, I got bored with that so quick and Uncharted 4, the beginning of that is so long when you're the little kid version and then it goes to another flashback. It jumps from like three or four flashbacks and I'm just like, ah, you know, as it's trying to progress, it's not good storytelling, but the, the Tomb Raider ones are simple, you know, and they're, they're a lot more, I don't even know how to say it, but they're, they're just for my money. They're like a lot more enjoyable. They're a lot more minimalist than uncharted and a lot less of the tune up epic scenery with these like cutaway scenes. You kind of get to play a lot of, the story as you're going through it um they're both great games but anytime I, there's survival shit i'm in bro yeah me too. i love third that person shit. duck and cover shooters yeah. high flying adventure me too so anytime like one of my favorite movies from the 90s is the edge <laughs> that's a great fucking movie dude <laughs> yeah i mean fucking a and then apocalypto two great survival movies i mean dude survive we should do a whole podcast on that anyway <laughs> Yeah, survival. Any type yeah. of survival shit, love it. Yeah. It's great. I'm very excited for this Tomb Raider movie. I played. I haven't played the second game yet. I want to. I'm just waiting for that price drop. 
because you know yeah daddy ain't got all the funds in the world but he needs it was 30 bucks a little while back that's when i got it i need, oh, I need to drop to like 25 that's that's, <laughs> that's the go price for me yeah bring it over in the 20 because then that's a game that's a game and a sandwich <laughs> yeah that's, right? that's important <laughs> yeah. listen that's gotta make this one a stretch dude uh but <laughs> you know I, i'm really hoping they follow a lot of uh the thing I liked about the first game was you were becoming Laura Croft. You were becoming the Tomb Raider, which I thought was great. You had to yeah, learn all the yeah. stuff as you were playing the game. And I hope that's what they do in the movie. I hope they drop this girl off. Like, you know, she's a, you know, goes looking for her father or whatever, not thinking she goes with a big group of people who can lead her on this expedition. And they ultimately get killed off because of villains or whatever. And then she has to learn to fend for herself and become the Tomb Raider that we know and love. And I hope they can capture that in the movie because that's what I loved about the game. And I hope, you know, if they do add a kind of supernatural element to it, um, that, you know, it's cool. It's not like over the top, but very, you know, I think, you know, less is more a lot when it comes to like horror supernatural stuff. So, you know, I don't need it. I don't need like a whole big like villain fight like in the other two Tomb Raider movies where she's fighting these giant monsters or anything but you know a little bit of that's fun in the tomb raider series so i'd like to see a little bit of that but i don't want it to be overbearing because i think the thing i like about tomb raider is the survival aspect of it so yeah that's what know, i like too. Um, yes yes games it's so, really good um but and the tombs for god's sakes are, are really great even the side tombs in the second one they're yeah. really fun they're it's such a good game i like the ones in the first one too you're making me want to play this shit. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Play the new games? If you like, yeah. If you like Uncharted, uh, play the play the. I mean, you played the first one. I um, did play the first reboot. Yes. Rise of the Tomb Raider is cool because you kind of get out of that. What's good about the first one? You get out of that story of her growing into it, and she's kind of like a badass by the time you get to the second one. Oh, cool. So the the first couple missions you go on, it's just like. Remember all those skills you learned in the last game? Here's a bunch of shit for you to like. Here's a bunch of new challenges. Like, let's see how good you are now. You know, like, those skills, bitch. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. And like, I, I, I recently stopped playing. I haven't had much time to pl- pick it back up, but I stopped playing because I was got to a part that's not super hard, but I like I know what I have to do. But my skills, I'm not. I'm like rusty. I got to get back <laughs> on it. You know. Um, yeah. There were moments in the first one where you're just like you have these epic battles with people and just these skills that you amass. And I just remember like blowing up a canister and like six dudes uh, lit on fire screaming and just take them out in headshots, like one by one after the other effortlessly. And just like, you know, Laura Croft isn't just some British archeologist who happens to stumble upon adventure and whose life is constantly in danger. She is the, the embodiment of, of the God of death. (laughs) Wow, bro! Damn. In these games, you take out like 200, 300 guys in a in in, in a certain stage, and you need to be on the marketing team for the next game, dude. Shit, yeah, I'm yeah, that was that was good, man. That was good. I've never felt so like impervious and powerful than being Laura Croft. Honestly, she's my fucking hero. Wow, bro! Damn, that's good. I mean, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I got to get back on that game. I just resold myself. <laughs> gotta finish this shit. But it got, but it got, it got difficult because I put it on hard. I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna start it on hard and I'm gonna play it because you know I'm over the I'm 33. I'm over the days of starting on normal. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm not. Give it to me. Give it to me. Normal. <laughs> Wait, so what do you start on usually? So I usually start it on hard because sometimes then I feel like I play it normal. I'm like, that was a little too easy. But 
in this case, hard is hard. And I'm like, I keep, I, you can watch Dude. my last playthrough video. I'm like swearing, fuck, God damn. Like I'm going <laughs> off because Stephen, I can't. Yeah, I find myself to be kind of the opposite sometimes, where I'm like, I just want to have fun, and I'll click easy. Yeah, I like, I like, I like. I don't know you. Oh man, yeah, because like, there's, I don't think there's any game I would probably play easy anymore. Uh, Normal, I usually skirt the line, but I think, I think I should be good enough to play hard and. And it pisses me off, and I kind of stopped the game because I didn't want to go. Because you can change the difficulty mid-game in Dude, most games. First-person like, shooter on hard. You play that shit? It depends. I started Doom on hard. Wow, I do that. Dude, that, that shit was hard as fuck on normal, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah I stopped. I stopped on Doom because I was on normal. I was like. You are better than easy, Fitzgerald. You are better yeah. than this. Just stop. <laughs> yeah. I did play that one on normal. I yeah, yeah. but that Maybe was hard as shit, man. Maybe I should switch back to normal. But it ha- it is really fun when you're getting you're progressing on hard or whatever. But you know, it's like right now my pride's a little hurt. Like I, I'm in a really difficult spot that I like. I got myself <laughs> into. It. I didn't build her up well enough for the part I'm at, and I gotta think of something. But that's what I love about these games is you kind of gotta think on your toes a lot quicker and. Um, both the Uncharted games and these new Tomb Raider games, they do a lot of cool stuff with like how you can, like they give you so much freedom in Rise of the Tomb Raider. You, you can decide how you kill different people and using a lot of like, they emphasize throwing things and using explosives and smoke bombs and stuff to kind of like, you could go straight ninja on some of these dudes, man. It's so crazy. It's like how you ever you want to do it. Anyway, um, it's really hard. So I have to figure out what my plan is, my strategy. And I just like, at this point, my brain might not even be quick enough to figure it out. So my pride's a little hurt and I don't want to switch it back to normal. And that's pretty much the conundrum <laughs> I'm in right now. That's hilarious. I, I guess we've kind of moved into what are you playing now or yeah, gonna play? Totally. Um, I know what Andrew's so, playing. Cause uh, I've been yeah. watching resident evil seven on VR. Uh, oh, holy shit. Um, we should probably wrap up soon here, but, um, that, uh, dude, VR, I mean, it's lives up to the hype. I mean, it does lose some Christmas with the graphics and, and sometimes when you look in the distance VRs, I mean, PSVR is also the lowest one. That's why it's the Mm -hmm. cheapest Oculus. So PSVR at the base head model is like 300 right now with Mm -hmm. the move sticks. It's 400 maybe. And then, Oculus Rift is 400 just the headset. And then Vive is the most expensive one, the one for Steam, which is like, they just had a price drop to 600. It was 700 or something, just the headset. But the quality increases as well. So there is that. But at the same time, dude, it's a game changer, bro. For, for me, you know, I've always been, I like 2D platformers and, and, Retro games for life, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, dude, being inside the fucking house in Resident Evil, holy shit, bro. Amazing. <laughs> and the Ar- and the Arkham Arkham, I wish was longer. I wish it at least had a six hour thing. And I think probably Rocksteady just didn't have enough time. I'd like to think whatever they're making next is going to be have a lot of like a big VR version. But uh, dudes, I recommend it. I hope you get it at some mm-hmm. point. Cause mm-hmm. it's really good dude i don't need i i I just i don't think i can do it man i just don't i want it for sure when i I get back from vietnam probably 
which is you're not even kidding. You are going to Vietnam. <laughs> I am going to Vietnam. Yeah. But when I got back from Nam, you can say that whenever you <laughs> Yeah, when I was in Nam. You know, I used to crack this joke. Sorry, this is a weird tangent, but I used to crack this joke all the time because I was a young kid and I would like go up to friends or like strangers or whatever to try and break the ice. And I'd be like, you know, back in Nam. I used to have a friend so-and-so and he used to tell it blah, blah, blah. You know, and I was just a little kid and people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? But how weird I'm going to actually go there and be able to say that when I get back. And it's like I was telling the future the whole time. I was having conversations with these people in the yeah, past sorry. from events far in the future. Anyway, Damn. I smoke a lot of weed. Maddie, can you close us out with what you're what you've been playing? Um, oh, I've been, I bought, uh, I've been playing some Friday the 13th again. Oh yeah. It's been fun. There's a new update. I think it's, I don't know when that new map is coming. I assume, uh, in, on Friday the 13th in October with the new Jason. I think that's it. It's going to be pretty dope. I hope they add something else. I know they're going to add rain, which a lot of people have been, uh, taught. They've wanted to be added some more environmental stuff. So that's cool. But I also hope that they change it, that maybe it's either harder for Jason to hear you or easier or like some kind of balance. Because I think if they just add rain to the level, it's like, well, it doesn't really change the playing experience. It's right. just raining now. So like, what the fuck? You so I do more, hope, maybe slip when yeah. you're running. And yeah. Go. I mean, I, I hope that that's like an element that they add that like something to make the game slightly harder for you and Jason. Um, or maybe more so just Jason. Cause some games I'm just like, well, this dude just annihilated all of us in like six minutes. So I have so, I have insider info on this. I don't, I don't know if we recorded. I've told you, Maddie, I think, but I don't think that we've recorded this. But I was at Comic Con, talked to the fucking creators of the fucking game, and I asked, "When's the uh, big DLC or you know campaign update or whatever coming out?" And he said, "They they both said, uh, <clears throat> well, we can't tell you exactly, but think about what date is important to us." They said something like that. Yeah. So and there is a Friday the Thirteenth in fucking october so that's yeah. the fucking date guys i'm pretty sure <laughs> what what else would it be right yeah yeah i mean that makes perfect sense from a standpoint of selling like trying to sell more versions of your game and dropping new content for the players i do i will say that i do like that all this stuff has been free so far so they're not making you pay for any of this stuff because right. of like i mean people still complain about this game and it kind of annoys me because it is a smaller company you know, this isn't fucking Bethesda or something, you know, like right. bear with it. It will get better. It has gotten better from when you started playing on the launch day. So it's a Kickstarter originally, right? I mean, these yeah. guys fucking really like came out of nowhere. They're like six dudes in Kentucky. They're still in Kentucky. So I they're mean, doing I've been, they're doing it. I've been playing that. And then I think the last couple of sales I bought slain, which I saw yes. Stefan playing and then I was reading up about it. I forget what artist did the soundtrack. He's from some like black metal band, but it's the most metal game. It's like Castlevania <laughs> meets everything I love about metal. And so the soundtrack good. is dope. It's hard, just as hard as a Castlevania or like a Metroid. You know, um, I'm not very far into it. Um, I started streaming it and I wish I hadn't just because I kind of want it to be that game I can just pick up and play, you know? But now I feel like since I started streaming, I have to continue to streaming. So I've been a kind of just like avoiding <laughs> playing it. Right. But those are like the two games I've been playing. Um, so I'll probably play Slain pretty. I got an itch to play it. So, but that's Good. that's it. That's I it like for Slain. right now. I still got many a way to go in it, but Slain fucking rules, man. 
get I want to get further in it and curse more because that's what's gonna happen <laughs> with that game. Yeah. It do. All right, Maddie, can you close us out with the like kind of like the closer overall closer? All right. Um hold on, sorry, I forgot what episode this was. I'm gonna pull up my notes. I think eighty seven, maybe. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm good. All right, that wraps it up. This is the end of Superhouse Podcast, episode 87. Um, we talked about a lot of shit. I'm really tired. I've had a couple of beers. <laughs> uh, just started watching Walking Dead up, uh, season seven, and I want to continue. So, I'm, gonna, so we're, I'm done. I'm done for tonight. Uh, this is Maddie signing off. This is Andrew. Please check out Japan World Heroes on our Superhouse YouTube page and all of the uh, content Joey's been posting from his gaming as well. And that's it. Check you later. I'm very stoned. <laughs> All right. The end. <laughs> the end. You'll float too. 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 Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. <laughs> yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description. We have a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. Like if you donate a dollar you'll be able to uh, give us a topic for us to talk about. And that's we'll talk dope. about for maybe an hour or more. Who knows yeah. how long it'll take. And that's pretty tight. <laughs> that's the coolest thing. <laughs> Wait, we're on the internet? That's pretty good. <laughs> if you and don- we can make money. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you donate $1,000, you get full frontal nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. <laughs> you give us a grant, who knows what will happen. Check us out. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> You get to go on a date with one of us for $10,000. But you pay for everything. <laughs> you get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. I'll give you Joey for a weekend. For $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. Superhouse Gigolo Project 2017. <laughs> Links in the description.